And welcome back to Scout Tech, everyone. Today's episode, we're going to be discussing the just released, hot off the printing press patch 13.0.5, as promised in the roadmap, uh, along with uh, some of the other backend changes we'll be going into detail, plus a new extraction shooter by Bungie called Marathon. What? And then Hi. finally, we'll be closing out with some more. Uh, Tarkov fixing videos, rants, takes, etc. So yeah, uh, yeah, the patch. Let's let's jump straight into the it. Patch. I I'm gonna just go ahead and get this out here in front. I just woke up and I got about seven hours ish of sleep and uh, more than Giga for sure. So <laughs> I, I feel like <laughs> I can't say this in a good conscience, but uh, yeah, I am. Uh, I have not seen anything. At all, so this is all going to be raw takes yeah. for me. I think, like, that the, about the sleep thing, right? That's also, you know, it's like comparing, you know, different types of runner or whatever. You know, if you run 10k and you never run at all, then that's you know, it's a big mm -hmm. deal. Whereas if you know, if you run a marathon all the time and then you, you run like five extra miles on top, like it's not as impressive as someone who's gone from zero to, to 10. So I'm like, I'm full on sleep deprivation guru these days yeah, you know two kids under three is just like <laughs> no problem like a couple of a couple of nights of decent sleep and then a five hour night like last night it separates into two blocks of two and a half hours and i'm just like i'm a bit tired but it's okay as long as tonight goes okay then it'll all be fine um so it's no big deal but yes um for anybody who was wondering live probably won't matter for the, those on the podcast um platforms but we're recording this a bit early we've decided to change the schedule around a little bit so if you were thinking of listening live we're probably gonna be doing these earlier going forwards i mean it, certain days we'll have to do it late but like the reason why we used to do them in the evening on friday was because i was literally in work before but uh, it kind of occurred to me you know probably about a year later that we don't need to do that anymore so maybe i can get my friday evening back sometimes but um anyway to the patch so yeah we're recording this like just after the patch has gone live so it's a little bit tricky to get all of the full takes on everything because like it literally just dropped um so we haven't been able to see every single thing that people have said but they'd released the patch notes onto the forum which is nice so we've got the mm -hmm. configured sound for lighthouse and interchange now which is good quite funny actually how i've basically just been playing lighthouse and interchange for the past however long because <laughs> of long line and like the lightkeeper stuff so i've just battled through the terrible audio right up until now um so we'll see what that's like fix the main sound issue areas on reserve and the lab i'm assuming on reserve that probably means places where you could hear above ground and people are underground and right, that right. kind of stuff and there was some notorious bits on labs where like you couldn't hear through certain doors in certain stairwells and like just silly stuff like that so um presumably that's that then they've got reworked the sound engine for voice lines the sound is more realistic adjust the curves for the volume drop Muffling transparency of the distance of the sound at a distance, voice lines are balanced in accordance with the loudness of the phrase. Okay, so I guess like if a scout's shouting something, I guess it's louder now. I'm, uh, I don't know. Is it more immersive? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm. I mean, I'm guess I'm guessing the goal is to make it more immersive and realistic. Um, and loudness may not necessarily be the. I, I mean, I can't really say what exactly yeah. they're doing, but. Um, yeah. Yeah, like I ran around quickly in factory with the standard I should have just put horde mode on because I just put standard settings on and there weren't like there weren't any scabs. So I was like, oh damn. I like ran out of time. Um but then the next one I think is the more interesting one because that's probably just gonna enhance the game just a little bit. This one's the more interesting one. 
Improved active headsets system lowered the volume level for all headsets, amplified high frequencies for more realistic sound, added functionality that gives some headsets an advantage by increasing the hearing radius of footsteps and voices. So, no, I, <laughs> instead, all again. <laughs> I went into raid and had a little listen. I didn't have that many on me, and all of the headsets that are not just like that you have lying around are like 115k now, mm-hmm. like the razors. And I was like, I ain't paying that, even though I got you know, infinite money. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> but the, the contact principle. twos, it's the principle. <laughs> the contact twos and the GSSH that I had do sound more tinny than they did before. Nothing seems too out of the ordinary. Otherwise, okay, I think it's going to sound a bit weird to people just by virtue of it being different mm-hmm. you know to start with yeah for sure and then people will get used to it and like that'll just that'll just be it the weird thing for me is this added functionality yeah like, oh man like give it i'm not i'm not sure about well, this well there's a question there in the word added functionality like does that mean there's a toggle headset key binding you press now that toggles the functionality of hearing uh, advanced, you know, increased hearing distance of footsteps and voices because you don't have to like code in, you know, that per se. You, you know what I mean? It's just like when they say added functionality, it's not like they had to code in a microchip inside the headset to do that. You know what I mean? No, I know. I know. They've just added this extra feature, but oh, God. Yeah. So, because I mean, the, the hearing thing right now is just perception, right? That you get different distances for audio and whether you're wearing like a an altin or not that also makes a difference yeah and now we've also got headsets giving different distances I, like i don't know i'm like i'm sort of half there like this the skill perception is in my opinion very bad this is maybe not as bad as that because you still have to choose to pay for mm-hmm. it but it means that like high tier players will literally hear lower tier players before they get to hear them which is i mean it's it's a huge advantage it depends on how big the radius is and how big the difference is but i'm just not sure it's like again it's like it's like having some kind of bionic eyes that means that you can just like see further and someone can't even see you and you can see them it's it's sort of in the realm of that to me it doesn't feel it doesn't feel tarkov's kind of an unfair game but it's it feels unfair in a sort of detrimental kind of way to me. I don't, I don't know. I'm not 100% on this, though. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I'm kind of uh, not sure where I stand yet. Yeah, I don't think I mind it, but my big... I mean, as I'll say caveat. As long as they put, like, I can see the stats between them. Because then it's, like, even more detrimental to new players. Like, oh, why? Why would I pay 3x for this headset when this headset does a job? Well, it's like, hey... This headset has 200% increased hearing radius. You know what I mean? Like, that's a, that's a huge gap. I mean, I, that's I doubt it's that Very big. unlikely. Like, there's no, there's no stats in game whatsoever. Uh, about them. Like, it just says the description. It just says amplifies low-level sounds. Like, I don't think they've changed it at all. It just looks the same. Well, to sorry, me. Timmy. Good luck. Go, go watch a video or go read a, you know, 100-page document yeah. on how sound works in Tarkov. <laughs> Enjoy. Yeah, so this one's going to have to do all the tests and... That kind of thing. Um, there was actually like a sound, uh, like a headset test that somebody linked in my Discord today that I like literally hadn't ever oh, wow. seen before. It's got like tons of views as well. It was from, like oh. five months ago. I was oh, okay, surprised. Okay. Like not not recent, right? Because no one's had a chance to do it yet. But yeah, yeah. Um, but I was I was surprised, and there was like stuff about how like different, even the vertical audio can sound different between different headsets. And I was like, oh, it's kind of, kind of interesting. Like I did watch a bit of it today, and I was like, huh, never knew. Because it was someone who did a different take on kind of the Veritas video, which was quite fun. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's just an odd one. I will have to see how that how that works out, but 
like another one of those features that gives the advantage to the, the guy who buys the better gear, which like is maybe okay, maybe not okay. I I'm not sure yet. I don't really know. So we'll have to play with it a bit and see. Um, adjusted audio tracks. I had sand artifacts, background voices slash noise. This is good because there were actually some really annoying little like clicks. And t- I think there's a particular piece of rain audio that gives you clicking in the background. There's like some. <clears throat> is it the breathe? Is it the, the one of the bear breathe or scav breathing voice lines that sounds like it's got somebody talking in the background? Or- there's a uh, yeah, there, yeah, and then the bear, <laughs> some of the bear voice lines got like static or like a, a hiss in it. Um, so the um, older ones, yeah. Apparently that's gone, which is good. I mean, we'll yeah, see. That's really I don't good. know. Fix the sound effect of concussion, which appeared when using Golden Star Balm or when stunned by a grenade. The effect is now smoother. The sound of tinnitus is played in stereo without the positional effect when turning your head, which is kind of interesting. I guess before maybe it was playing in a particular spot. But I tried using a Golden Star in an offline raid and it didn't sound all that different. It maybe was like slightly less shrill. But they say smoother, so yeah, it's not kind of like hurts your ears as much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> IRL. <laughs> it, it is actually yeah. a little bit more just like and then goes goes away but it's broadly the same as far as i could tell but i guess yeah it now probably just plays in the 360 regardless yeah i wonder why they they specifically changed i assume they changed it to, from mono to stereo but they just made the left and right channels the exact same i wonder why they did that if that was like a something they had to do for uh you know oculus or something that's interesting yeah i'm not sure i'm honestly not sure Balance sound volume for the M18 grenade to match other grenades with its type. Is that the smoke? Is that the green smoke? I think it might be. M18. She can't, I can't even remember. I'm gonna, I'll go and, go and look. Go and check. Go and have a look at Peacekeeper and see. I think it's the green smoke grenade. Yes, it is. It's the green smoke. Now, I've been wanting to use the green smokes for a little bit, but not actually tried to use them. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I'm, I'm interested in doing it, but I haven't bothered yet, which is, I don't know, it's kind of, Kind of on me, but that means I haven't really thrown many, so I don't know really what the difference is. But I do actually think there's like quite a few situations where these green smokes might actually be quite good now. Like trying to go and like loot a body if you're looting a duo or something. You know, there's these situations I always complain about. I feel like because the plume is pretty fast now, you can just like you're obviously really obvious, but if you're in a, a fight with someone, you could just pop it down. Like even actually, even thinking about it, like fighting in chalets and stuff, it could be quite fun just to like smoke the whole chalet out and just really just like cause chaos. But people aren't used to. <laughs> they're not used to playing against that so it could be interesting anyway that's a whole other topic let's carry on with these so da, 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 da. oh and then the others are just um fixing issues fixing issues short-term muting of sound when sound source transitions between rooms uh, opening a door where the sound source behind it could sound muffled i've actually seen a seen a clip of that one it's really bad like people can just like run up and it sounds like they're muffled even though they're just coming through the door and they're right ahead of you fix an issue by leaning against the wall would allow you to hit everything in the room behind the wall <laughs> Mm, yeah <laughs> never experienced that but that's pretty fun so those are all the audio ones which is nice i think that's pretty good i'm interested to f- to try lighthouse and interchange after this mm-hmm. um as i said it's like it's actually quite unfortunate i've literally just finished assessment so i don't need to do any more player kills on lighthouse but it's been quite fun so maybe we can go back in exchange i still need to finish long line so i will be going there and that'll be interesting to see how that sounds which is good um because i guess like yeah playing those maps in the most busted state it'll be more obvious when it's mm. feels better then we've got the notorious fixed visual bugs when using flashlights 
it will remain to be seen whether this is actually fixed. <laughs> the SJR are also notorious for saying this is fixed and uh, then it doesn't get fixed. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see. There's some of them that are really tough to fix. Things like flashlights no longer shine through walls or other obstacles. I think that's quite hard to fix. Like it depends on the geometry sometimes. It's like you, know, you can have like cracks between like walls and floors and stuff that are like not visible to the human eye or you can't get close enough to the wall to ever see it. But like the light can go down the side. I think like I've definitely seen that before and stuff. So it's um it's a bit odd but they've said that they fixed that so i'm not sure disable a uh, flickering of disable flashlights on weapons on your back fix the brightness and beam range of some flashlights it doesn't say whether it's brighter darker I'm not sure mm-hmm. i i don't i don't really know um we will see i mean i just we, we there was a few there's been lots of comments about this in general on twitter and whatever and I agreed with a few other people saying that this was, you know, the, the best worst bug in the game because everyone stopped using flashlights yeah. and it's been really nice. And I got killed the other day by a dude li- literally like outside on Lighthouse. I and saw it was it. just, you know, right in the, yeah. right in the face. It's just tough when you're outside. I think, I just don't think it's balanced to have that, that bright outside. Well, it's going to be interesting to see what they have done. Actually, I've just reminded myself of one little thing because of look, thinking about. Oh no, because that's specifically lighting. I got myself confused then because we were talking about interchange before. Like I was wondering about the pools of light around the the under yeah, the, in the basement where like the lights kind of like turn off at different distances. But that doesn't seem to be that doesn't seem to be part of this. I don't think this seems to just be flashlights themselves. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, bots can no longer instantly rotate whilst prone. Nice. That's good. Disabled, this is kind of fun. Disabled experience gained for killing and looting players in the same group. Dog tags of such players will be sold to the traders for one ruble and will not be considered as found in raid. Oh, that's really good. They added that, uh, that in. Finally. Yeah, I mean, it's been, yeah, it's been, well, not needed, but it's just like something that seemed like obvious for a long time just to do. Yeah. And it's, it does also show, what is interesting about this is it does show that they are able to do that. Like, we know that oh, they have yeah. the ability because of, like, Shooter Born in Heaven and all that stuff, right? That you can cancel the progress of quests from players in your grouping. But for other systems, it shows that they're also able to bring different mechanics into that methodology to prevent, you know, dog tags being um, being sellable, whatever. I'm, I'm actually kind of interesting, interested to understand, like, exactly how they re-tag the tags to one ruble. Maybe it's just, like, a manual fix. You know, if you load in, all those dog tags are just worth one because every player's carrying them, I guess. So it just like sets that as like a manual override to one or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it like tags, you know, you as a group. And so if you loot any of the group's dog tags, it, it like you said, it just like forces it to one. Yeah. It's got to be something like that. Because you could still like Q snipe someone and avoid the system. But that's a lot. Like, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of extra law. This is the thing with stuff like this. If you, at a certain point, if you add enough hoops, then. It's not worth jumping mm-hmm. through that many. So. Yeah, exactly. And if someone does, then it's just such a small minority of the player base that right. it just doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this is good. This is kind of like, I mean, it's funny because that's sort of like the first part of now buff the player do- dog, you know, the player dog tag sale values. This is like the first half of that. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. And actually, there was other people who were talking about this, but. I think that's kind of cool. And then the the fifth one, the fifth fix here or change is reduce the frequency of the bot voice lines and shouting during combat, which to me is just like a direct buff to scavs. How so? Because they give away their position when they're shouting. And so now they're shouting less, they're talking less, they're saying less things. 
So you may get jumped by them more often if they like change position or whatever, right? You have to like use a grenade to bait more cues uh, if you don't know where they are or that kind of thing. So I don't know. Maybe it won't matter too much, but instead of they reduce frequency in shouting. So instead of like one nansuka, they're like one nansuka. <laughs> bang, 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 bang. <laughs> reduce frequency, it's now really low. <laughs> it was in the usual the normal human range of frequency and now it's the half it's half the frequency of bot voice lines we need to do we need to do bad patch analysis skit where we just, just take words and everything out of context improper, yeah, improperly <laughs> uh, oh dear me that's funny that is funny but yes, no, I think this is fine. I think the only one out of all of these things that makes me question slightly is the range from the headsets thing. Other than that, I think everything else is pretty good. I would like them to go one step further and buff the dog tag prices, I think. Because yeah. Just why, why would you not do that? Like, you may as well. Well, at uh, the very least, they got the foundation and maybe they don't. Maybe, you know, maybe they're trying to limit their, uh, uh, you know, issues, I guess. You know, if they, if they buff, did buff it, and then it caused some horrible, unforeseen issue. Um, yeah, yeah. Perhaps they want to just wait and do that later, or but at the very least, it gives them the foundation to to justify. Because my understanding was in the past, before they enough dog, dog tags as a whole, uh, people were going to factory killing each other and you know, taking out dog tags. It was like how you made a you know thirteen million rubles in an hour, something ridiculous. You know, it's probably an exaggeration, but. Uh, Yes, yeah, so they've just like, hey, we'll just nerf dog tags, problem solved, and <laughs> you know, maybe that was just a band aid. But now we got the actual, the actual solution, right? More, much more yeah, exactly. comprehensive solution. Exactly. So. And like, because and I was thinking about this a little bit for some of the mechanics we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. And when you're thinking about Q sniping, like my conclusion from that was that yeah, because we're now on aggregated servers, that you can't pick the server even. So it's just it's so hard to Q snipe. Like true. you can get into any old server, right? Like I, yeah. I'm just on like. EU West. So I could be in like London, I could be in France, Spain, like wherever. Um, true. So it's now much harder to key snipe. Like it's just not, it, that's the thing. It just makes it not worthwhile for people to bother yeah. trying. Like there's, there's easier ways. This is the thing. It's like you, you, the cheese strategies end up being like the, they're the ones that are the lowest common denominator of effort. Yeah. Yeah. To money. Whereas like when it becomes a pain, you're just like, oh, I may as well just like scav run through factory instead. Like it's just, it's so much easier. Right. What's you know, the next lowest? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. What's the what's yeah. the next worst? <laughs> uh, exactly. So that was what came out from BSG themselves. Now, obviously, we have the the, the <clears throat> traditional hidden changes of thirteen point oh point five for Mister Logical Solutions. So there's two tweets that he's put out. There may be more. Um, I haven't actually rechecked over the last sort of ten minutes, but all of this stuff is super fresh. So the first one is. Arena guard voices have been added to the game. Which is really, really random. Yeah. This is incredibly random. So you've got, it says like customization, custom vo- customization voice, arena guard one, side savage, which is scav. Mm-hmm. Um, arena guard two, I don't know what is not random means. And then, um, then there's actually a website that Logical has posted up which is basically a list of audio files, like .wav files. Oh, yeah. Look at that. And it's on arena-audio.t-cs.co. 
And you go there and you've got a reader guard one fight, fight two, fight three, fight four, all the way up to ten, guard one hit, guard one mutter, guard one on being hurt, guard one on death, on enemy grenade, all this stuff. So, I mean, this is kind of odd, right? And there's guard two as well with all the same stuff, lost visual, weapon reload. Why is this in the base EFT? Um, like, is Arena going to be physically in the game or something? I don't, it's just odd that it's here in the actual main base branch. Like maybe they've just incorporated it because why not? But yeah. it's strange that the Arena assets have just suddenly turned up in the base EFT game, unless they're going to be used in some way, unless you're going to be able to find the Arena or you know, fight the... looks like you'll be able to fight the Arena guards in some capacity. Maybe. I don't know. Like, yeah, maybe they just incorporated it in, but... Yeah, I mean, it could be, I mean, I think I'm reaching for straws, but it could be maybe when they they use some base EFT version to start working on Arena, and yes. through the confusion of poor management, you know, this one small section got copy-pasted over. I mean, I, I don't know. I think I'm... Yeah, but maybe they just needed straws. to update the base game, exactly, so that the Arena guys can carry on doing whatever it is they're doing on their side. Like, maybe they are just using the same core copy for the time being. To, and to you know that would actually also be sensible too because that would mean that they would include any updates that are coming like if they change inertia if they change whatever system mm -hmm. then both both sides aren't going to suddenly like branch off and all start feeling different you know can you imagine you ended up with like the changes to inertia the other day they're in the base game but they're no longer in the other one and you have like these weird like mismatches that just aren't the same it would kind of make sense if they were using the same call for both so but i think this is the first time that we've ever seen anything from arena actually Kind of enter in i guess mostly it'd just be like levels and stuff so um maybe that doesn't need to be copied in i'm not sure but yeah it's interesting it's probably just an artifact of the development process mm -hmm. i yeah. agree i agree then there's also the, so there's the second part to this which is um we have added all of the headset changes to tarkov hyphen changes which is logical's website i've been having a look through the headset changes on exactly the parameters of what they did and I'm not a huge audio expert, I will say, especially not on the technical side, and it doesn't make a great deal of sense to me. I think it's one of those ones where you're just going to have to go into the game and just play it and see how it feels. But each headset now has a roll-off multiplier, a high frequencies gain, which is new, two new statistics. Um, Where's the roll-off multiplier? What line is that? Uh, there's the very first one. Peltor Contact 2 headset roll-off multiplier plus one. Where are you looking? I'm, be looking I'm just looking. I'm looking on talkofchanges.com on the actual oh, website. Okay, 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 yeah, I'm not looking at the Twitter. I went to the actual site to like see them all. So each one's now got this high frequencies gain and this roll off multiplier thing. So something like the Contact Two has a roll off multiplier of one. The Fast RAC has a roll off multiplier of one point three. So I let's have a look at the GSSH. Actually, does it even have it? Hmm. What were you gonna say? I believe the roll-off multiplier is they're taking the um, the base roll-off. So, like, I'm looking at uh, Logical's tweet, and he's got mm. cutoff frequency, and the old was 245, which I'm, I'm assuming this is 245 hertz. And, like, within EQ, there's, like, a roll-off curve you can apply, and um, it essentially tries to roll off that frequency so like if if you put it to like two 250 right um yeah your anything prior to that sort of like there's a smooth court uh you know smoothly gets um reduced down to like you know 
reduced basically and then de- eventually and then decibels so essentially mm. um I, I think you know if i'm i think what they did is they just added multipliers to change the instead of just manually changing it, they added multipliers for maybe to make it easier to balance in the future i don't know yeah i don't know like each one's now got a resonance actually the sort of resonance was changed so mm-hmm. resonance existed before. Okay, so so roll-off multiply and high frequencies gain are new. And then resonance, compress again, and cut-off frequency are old and have been adjusted. Yeah, I'm assuming high frequency gain is, is a similar idea, except you know, instead of rolling off, it increases past that. Um, yeah, I don't really know. It does seem like the cutoff frequency for all of them has been increased quite considerably, and yeah. the effect for that—I mean, that's probably the one that's in in hertz—and uh, the effect for that. Well, I'm not sure actually. In in some fashion, yes, maybe not absolute hertz, but in some fashion, and um, it might there might be like a reference number that it sort of uses around that. But anyway, when you go in game, like everything just sounds more tinny, so it kind of makes yeah. more sense that we're now letting in more high frequency sounds. Through right. the headsets in some way, like because the, the headsets really are just like the, my understanding of it at least is that you've got two channels in EFT. You've got ambient and you've got like player sounds basically, and the headsets compress the they, well they not compress but they decrease the the sound of the ambient mm-hmm. and they either boost or leave it the same I guess. But like relatively speaking, they boost the player sounds versus the ambient sounds, um, and then outside of that they're just an EQ. Yeah, so they've just been fiddling around with this EQ. I think what they want to do is make it sound more like an actual headset rather than just an EQ application right over yeah the top of the game but i don't know anyway like I, i'm not sure if it makes a huge difference from the, the little insignificant piece that i did myself except everything's yeah sounds a little bit more tinny so it might change some of the headsets that people like to use like i've not used all of them and i've not used the ones that were historically more bassy like the Swordians or something right, like you might right. prefer something that used to be more bassy um, and the gssh's might actually scratch your ears out now but <laughs> i don't know I don't know. It's hard to pass this information in any sensible way. I'm going to look up resonance real quick, because I don't know what that... Uh, the, uh, the quality and sound of beeping deep full reverberating. Uh, hmm, let me look and see if I can... Oh boy, so there's a lot of graphs. <laughs> a lot of math state equations. Yeah. Uh, huh, I wonder if that's complicated. Maybe, it's, maybe it has to do with reverberation. Which kind of makes sense when you think about the word resonance. Interesting. Uh, interesting. I mean, Maybe. sound as a whole in Tarkov. I don't. I don't even remember where I, or where I was. You know, seeing this. Maybe I think it might have been like Pastelli's video, but uh, you know, Tarkov's going for a very more um, realistic, you know, immersive, hyper realistic, hyper immersive approach, and and they want to. It sounds like they what they want to do is have it to where. And like traditional FPS games, it typically like the sound source that you're hearing from the direction is like that's where it's coming from. Like you hear like in Valorant, for example, you just kind of like hear people through walls, right? Um, uh, yeah, it's just like that's it's just like that's that's just how the game functions uh, at the core. But you know, trying to mimic sound in real life, like you wouldn't like it would be muffled, but like if the door was like if you were near the door, you could like it would the sound would travel in the door and the door was like position position right would like bounce off and reverberate throughout the room like they're trying to mimic all that stuff which is like in a being trained to play fps in a that you know the the where you just hear sound through walls naturally um versus like the example i think it, i think it had to been pestily but i think the example he gave was 
you know, like interchange, you're, you just, the sound's not coming from the underground. It's like coming from the escalators, you know, which yeah, is I like, think he wants his video. Yeah. It, it sounds really cool. And if they can like, you know, if they can make it work, then that'd be really cool. Like I, I could imagine if, as long as you make the sound distorted en- enough, um, to where like, it's distinguishable, like, Hey, this isn't coming from my floor. Plus it's coming in that direction. I know the escalators are over there. You know, it can it can inform you a, a lot, and I think it it could be really cool. And so, um, yeah, I think it's they got a lot of problems to to solve, and it's it's going to be a task. But I'm excited to see what it looks like in the future. I think that's the thing. This kind of this kind of uh, audio model is just hard to do. Yeah, it's just hard to do. So it'd be good if they do it, but yeah, it's like probably easier to do it the other way. Like a competitive audio is actually like slightly easier in some ways, but um. Yeah, they want like the muffled stuff and have it be, you know, ambient and all this kind of thing. It's a little bit like, you know, the brightness on maps, like Tarkov being so dark. It's like part of that is like a stylistic choice, you know, to be super dark. It's not supposed to be like um, hyper competitive. You can see every pixel of the corridor, you know, it's kind of supposed to be dark, but mm-hmm. we'll see. We shall see. Okay, so with that out of the way, there was one more, which is actually kind of like almost like more interesting in some ways. Which is pretty cool. So there's like more stuff being added in the background. Like we know previously, so they did like the the map level limits, you know, the zero to hundred thing, which is just they put in and then just like parked it, just like new features that are just sat there. And it seems like there's some more of these features that are coming, which is quite cool. So logical says that according to new data found, you can sell the remaining items that you don't transfer from a scav run and sell them, assuming to fence. So there's a thing it says like scav inventory screen confirmed sell all. And there's a piece of text dialogue which says, all untransferred items will be sold to fence for zero. <laughs> Are you sure you want to complete the transfer process and sell the remaining loot? So I guess maybe zero is a placeholder. And then new, all untransferred items will be sold to fence for zero. Are you sure you want to complete the transfer process and sell the remaining loot? Yeah, so I don't, I don't know why that was like plus minus there, but that's like been added. Um, and then it says old, not present, new, sell all as a button. Um, is kind of interesting there's like a, a new scav role for arena fighter event scav role bloodhound whatever that means um and then what else toggle headlight switch headlight new switch helmet tactical device modes there might be a button for that like a hotkey so you can turn your head flashlight on or off um same thing with the tactical device and uh, then there was another ui setting that's been added in the background which is item quick use double click item quick use which we know that they said they were going to add so you could in your inventory you could just open it up and double click an item to quick use it rather than it just opening the info screen which i know some people have been asking for because like it's kind of annoying right now to either like right click use or you double click on it and then press use in the menu it's just kind of you know one takes one step out of that i don't know what like double clicking on like how you get into the menu normally then i guess you could right click inspect i guess if you just want to like open out like in view mode or something which which probably makes more sense number of people who are going to be accidentally using like random stuff is going to be quite quite funny but I went in and I tested it. I did a scav run and that system is not in the game yet. There is no transfer sale right now. It just gets asks you to transfer everything. If you don't, it just disappears. And the double click item thing is also definitely not in the game. I had a stim on my scav. You double click it, it just opens the item. So that's it's not there right now. Like it's in the background. They've they're adding something to get these mechanics to function, but it is not in the game right now, as far as I can see. Yeah, this is like uh, some serious scrubbing because this they they said these are all translation files, um, which I guess is probably a good place to look. But uh, I feel like mm. we're getting to the level of you know some of the Valve, 
people that that just scrape data and you know valve like intentionally puts stuff in there and it's like you know it's almost like a uh a, a, you know a game within a game uh be like here's it's a little teaser like that for the, the data miners isn't it you know yeah. when they like juke them all with the reward for that event and stuff like well you could argue that maybe it's it's sort of circular like if the data miners hadn't picked up on it then maybe they wouldn't mm. have maybe they would have kept it like whatever so like yeah it's like a circular thing it's like they they know that we know that they know so then we can yeah, put right. this thing in to try and trick them or whatever like put a note in saying scav roll get out of our data you know well it's funny because valve will actually intentionally put stuff in uh to debate uh, people no no but they but they make it even more cryptic like mm. so it's 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 um it's like free it's like another type of marketing i guess yeah you know? it's like, it's like they're hype, gonna like, oh, leak extra leaks <laughs> yeah it's like they're gonna they're gonna you know it's valve so like the valve fans are kind of crazy but like tyler mcvicker like for example but uh you know it's like they're gonna scrape the data anyways i guess could be one approach like you know and we you know obviously they want to secure a lot of stuff but they you know it's also just kind of fun to uh a way of communicating i guess another way of teasing stuff but uh anyways mm -hmm. the one that really catches my eye here is scavrol slash arena fighter event which kind of informs a little bit about the uh uh voice lines we were talking about earlier so i think maybe we'll see an event you know is speculation where we'll uh, see arena fighters and the raids. I mean that that would be that'd be a pretty cool. I mean that's a pretty cool idea. I like that. Imagine it's like it's a weekend crossover event or whatever. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> it's basically like a, a uh, promoting arena. I think I think it's that's a really good idea. I mean you basically, I'm assuming they already got the assets, you know, there and it, you know it's the same. I'm assuming it's the same engine, so it, you know it's everything should be pretty easy to cross or whatever so i think that's pretty cool weekend event players have to players in eft have to target the terminal outpost but after they've busted through fifty thousand times the arena players get unleashed onto the actual map they can only play shoreline <laughs> you uh you they uh they did that event last week you remember that wasn't was the entry the requirements? Yeah, yes. Uh, I think we talked about that last time, didn't we? Did we? Did we talk about that already? I thought we did. Dude, I don't know. Uh, the, I'll just mention a quick thing. There was there there was a lot of people saying things like, um, "Oh, I don't know. It's it's like you know. Oh, this is this is a new thing they added. Um, in the future, you know, it'll be you know, this is like the foundation and stuff." To me, it just looked exactly like the lab screen card, like yeah. where it asked you for the key card and the item rotates. But uh, mm -hmm. nonetheless, mm -hmm. I thought it was a it was a cool um, event and com and concept. Yeah, I think maybe it was the event like it might have still been going on. I'm not sure if we had the full aftermath of of the event. I don't know. I'd have to go and like quickly just check. Exactly I'm pretty what, sure it was just like Saturday was. Sunday. Hmm. Because when did because it ended? <laughs> it literally ended in like. 24 hours i want to say or something ridiculous right yeah it was really quick it, was, it ended really really early so it ended on the 21st at some point but then when did it actually starts that's a good question let's have a look dum, 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 dum. nice guy started tweeting out oh because those labs was free 
Uh, this must be in preparation. So that was on the eight. That was on the eighteenth. That was on Thursday. Labs became free by accident and then got patched. And then on, on the, yeah, it was on the it was on the twentieth actually. You're yeah. right. Maybe we didn't talk about it then. Yeah, oh, we maybe didn't. we didn't talk about it. Okay. Well, all right. We'll, we'll talk about it quickly now. Then I, I had it in my head that we talked about it. I guess because it was it feels like a long time ago last week. Anyway, so like yeah, all the all the maps required a item to get in much like labs, other than one at a time. The idea being, presumably, to push people to play the free map and to have kind of a PvP sort of weekend. The only issue was that, yeah, it started on the 20th on the Saturday. Um, people were like, people were complaining a lot about this. There was an, a website as well, actually. Oh, it was Escape from Tucker forward slash open map. I never actually ended up seeing it, that one, because I was not on when this happened. Right? So I, was, I, could, I saw people talking about the items, but I never ended up looking at the open map. Once you got to those like 100,000 or 150,000 kills or whatever, then the map rotated and then random, other random items were then required to get into other maps and a different map would be free. And those, those items obviously spiked to like some high amount, like 150k on the market because some people still just wanted to go to those maps. And I guess they'd probably be quite quiet. Probably is, was worth buying them if you wanted to do a loot run. Like, you know, just buy the streets item. It depends on which, which item, but like buy the streets item and just go there and have kind of an empty raid because everyone else is playing Shoreline or whatever. So anyway, every time the kill counter got reached, they swapped it around. I thought it was quite cool. Lots of people were just like, oh, gating off the game. It's just like, look, they're trying to force people into one map for PvP. Like, it's fine. And you can still go if you want to, whatever. Um, And then they got to, I think it got to, did it get onto labs? As I said, I wasn't following it hugely closely. I think it went through all the maps. So I think it went through all the maps. I think it got to labs. And then once the labs one was finished, they put 100% boss spawns in. Now, I'm not sure if there was an actual kills requirement for the bosses, but basically they did that for like four hours and then turned it off. So the biggest gripe about that was just like not that many people actually got to play it, you know, like the limited, that's the thing, the limited items and the limited access to maps, I was kind of so-so about. 100% bosses, maybe would have been worth jumping on for because that's kind of fun, you know, you will know that Factory's going to have Tegilla on it. You know that Lighthouse is going to have the goons. Like then maybe that's worth jumping in for, especially if you've got some of the bosses' quests to do and stuff. It's like a fun thing. Like you know they're going to be there, so the action's always going to be high. But yeah, they did it for such a short time. Very few people actually got to to participate. And even nice guy actually in his video said like, "Yeah, I don't think this is right. I don't think this is a good idea." And so you know, he's he normally never voices against BSG, but he uh, he did in this particular instance because. Yeah, I mean, I agree with him. A lot of other people did that. It was just too. It was just too short. Like, why? Why have it so short? You know, have an event and have it so short so that only a fraction of the people who are actually on could give it a go. But, yeah, looking here, yeah. scrubbing back through your logicals, uh, tweets and whatnot. Um, he had a tweet where he, you know, showed the message from Fence. Uh, this message was delivered to all players as soon as Labs counter hit a hundred k out of a hundred k. Uh, he believed the event's over, waiting for one confirmation from Dynaminer to see if any boss has been reverted. And then he uh, commented to, later on that tweet saying, confirmed all bosses have been reverted. So, yeah, I guess I don't know the, the time in between that, but I'm guessing they, you know, that was the plan was, you know, to once they got on labs, 100% boss spawn rate. And then, uh, um, you know, once the event's over, the event's over. I mean, I, 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 you know, I get it that people don't get to participate. I mean, I, I, I can only wonder that, you know, BSG maybe underestimated 
the community and as far as like you know how fast they would progress through these things or mm. maybe they wanted it to be short for some reason or another i mean uh it's 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 hard to say but yeah i mean i'm sure yeah, there'll be more events there will be there will be i think nice guys comment about it was that bsg had said something because he speaks to them directly and they said something about like oh we don't want eft to be fair and he's just like that makes sense but this just does like that within the context of the game right but this just doesn't really make sense just to be like <laughs> we're just going to on purpose just cut like most of the community out of doing an event because like f you basically yeah. it's just like why does it really make sense like why would you do that there's no advantage to doing that no nobody feels hardcore and immersed by cutting the, the event off <laughs> to four hours only before they get a chance to play. Dude, this <laughs> game is so hardcore. I was with my family. I really wanted to play the game, but, you know, I was hanging out with my family. When I got back, the event was over, and I was like, man, this is it's such a hardcore experience when, when this happens. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly that. No, I mean, they're, um, they're probably the hand, doing a little bit of hand-waving, I imagine. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, that was uh, so that was the event at least. Uh, I, yeah, I could have sworn that we talked about it, but I guess not. I guess not. Sorry to keep track of these things. So, um, is that all the crazy new updates off the press? I believe so. I think that's all the news. I think that's all of the the new stuff that's happened. I did have a quick flick through Reddit, and some people were sort of confirming the same things that I did about the. Uh, the sound and stuff um but outside of that i haven't seen anything particularly different the, the number of people just like going is this wipe is is the game wipey it's just like no dude no <laughs> i did think it was quite funny but it kind of makes you know if yeah if you see like everyone going like oh big hyped patch or whatever and you're not been following along with the progression and you're just like is this is this yeah it's the, like the meme you talked about last week with the butt of like is this pre-wipe <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, I think the yeah. the most interesting thing, um, the headsets are are pretty interesting. I mean, we'll we'll have to see. I'm I'm probably not going to play till next wipe, I'd imagine. But uh, that will be an experience with with all the accumulative changes. Um, so the headsets are pretty interesting, and the you know mention about transferring items when you do a scav to fence to sell. I, like I'm assuming, I. Th- you know, if it, me reading this and trying to, you know, reverse engineer what this could mean, it sounds like you finish your scav raid and then it, you know, you you get to sell from fence right there if you wanted to, perhaps. It's interesting. I mean, I, I've kind of like theory crafted, you know, a way to like, n- you know, rework scav, I would say. Um, it may, it probably is a, a nerf overall, but, uh, Nonetheless, some idea where, like, you just sell, you can only sell, like, you have two options, you can, like, give to your PMC, or you can sell to fence to, like, it's, uh, instead of you getting rubles, you would, like, increase your scav karma that way. Right. And just, just kind of keeping the same scav karma system where it's, you know, like a linear progression, good, uh, more equals good, less bad equals bad. But, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Um, if they're planning on changing it in some way, yes, we will see. It'd be it's a direct buff to running factory run throughs, though for sure. Just like sprint straight through. Would you like to sell the defense? Yes, and move on with my day. Yeah. Excellent. 
wasn't going to do that run before. I can't be bothered to sell everything on the flea. I'm just going like to run through all defense. Great. Every time the, the time is up, spend more time loading into the game than you do. I'm just waiting for the timer to go off and I like, just uh, writing scripts. Go. Free money all day. No problem. I guess you can do that right now. You can just transfer everything and sell it, but it takes longer. Yeah, but yeah, this is definitely speeds that up for sure. Yeah, the, the other part is it adds more items to fences marketplace which maybe they uh, specifically want to like do that more maybe they want mm. to force that in the future i don't know but uh and maybe good stuff like labs cards and things because it could be yeah it's interesting i do feel like fence needs a bit of a rework um just because it's like there's like niche cases where you know it's like it works like i think airwing does some fence shopping for hideout craft yeah. crafts that you can save some money on but you know, his stuff is, like, heavily marked up, and it's, you know, I think the old value before the flea was that, you know, you, there was just these rare, these items you couldn't get from the traders were just on fence because people would, you know, sell it to him. And so there might have been some value there, but now we have the flea market. I don't think there's value there, and his stuff is, like, really expensive when he sells it. So I, I kind of feel like maybe he should be more like a barter, like a, like a, you go to, like, a, you know, a mega superstore. And there's just like this one bin in the center, and it's like you know, super discounted. It's like some old, you know, last year's toy or whatever. You know, we need like a bargain bin in, in Targov. It's like some broken AK of like half half the stock missing, you know, and then but it's like super dirt cheap. I like something like that. Yeah, rather than like the broken AK on fence, but then it's 70k rubles for no reason. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's how it is right now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I think yeah. I think they need to rework some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I actually think that a good bonus for being six fence rep, because people talk to me all the time about fence, just like, oh no, dude, it's so OP. Like, I get like loads of stuff. And so I've been sent like screenshots before people with like full gear sets of like armor and stuff that you can't buy, like hex grids and all this kind of stuff. And it's just like, yeah, but you got to sit on fence refreshing the. Like, I, I don't have time for that. Like, I can't be bothered to do that. You know, and it's like that's not an engaging mechanic either. I just wish that at six fence rep, fence would appear on the flea market alongside the other listings because you're there anyway. You'd suddenly like randomly see stuff and be like, "Oh, that's cool. That's on fence. So I'll just like buy that thing or or whatever." I wish like, you'd appear in general. <laughs> what do you What do you mean? I'd like, I'd rather just be like level zero. You get that. Like everyone gets that ability. Oh yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. And I guess actually then it would be okay because then you'd unlock the good stuff, which would, you'd also see if he was like six. Mm-hmm. You got six Scavrep up to fence max. You'd see that stuff separately if you were, you know, there. But yeah, I don't know. Like fence is a bit of a weird one. I mean, it makes more sense if you're playing hardcore because you can buy actual stuff. It's like one of the few places that rubles are useful if you're playing hardcore. Like there's a lot of, I think there are some hardcore rule sets. I can't remember what Deadly Slobs rule set says about that, but I think you might be able to use fence. Yeah, just there's variations. It don't matter, but yeah, there are variations, and I, I know that I think one pegs one, the one that he's like the Tobias challenge. I think that was the, you had were able to use oh, yeah. fence. I, I think you were only able to sell to fence. So the problem is that you get hardly anything for any of the stuff, and you have to pay like so much money to get the things. But that the advantage of that is you obviously you have to put in like we talk about the the the, the transmogrification of a hundred AKs to a repi R or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Like, it's kind of like that, but you just, like, skew the balance. It's now, like, 10,000 AKs for whatever it is that you buy on fence. And it's the random assortment of stuff. So you might be like, oh, like, I can't, you know, I can't find that stock or whatever. Um, or, like, there was, I was looking earlier just because for something else I was doing, and there's 
AK's in there with like butt pads on, like AK butt pads. It's like, well, you have to do mechanic gunsmith tasks to get access to that normally. Like the butt pad's hidden quite far down the, the progression. I think it's like number six or something. So if you were new, you might be like, well, I might buy that AK with the butt pad on it so I can like sell the AK, to like mechanic, and then keep the butt pad and then use it on my build, whatever. Like the stuff right. like that's kind of, that's interesting. For me, that's interesting. That's the stuff that I quite like. Yeah. I mean, if it was presented better, yeah. um, I think it works, but. Sometimes right now it's just a jumble sale. Yeah, because you like you, you got to go to fence, and then you got to know that that thing exists and can be on buttstocks, and you got to know how to recognize it visually. And then you got if you don't, then you got to click in the menu and inspect each slot, attachment slot to see if it's there. It's, you know, yeah. it's not exactly the. No, there's like there's a knowledge thing there, but I like I quite like those little things where you're just like, oh, I've spotted that like this thing that 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 that's just like yeah, no, I get you. Yeah, it's the kind of like me thing. It's not necessarily ninety five percent of the player base thing, but it's definitely a me thing. Well, I think I think it could be better as like if there wasn't so many UI steps, is what I mean. It's like, hmm. um, yeah, it's like you have you have to like I guess there is a bit of a knowledge thing, but you know you have to click on fence and then you got to click on the gun to like see it's there i mean i guess i guess you might be able to notice it from the uh um fact that the but there's like a rubber butt pad on the stock but you'd have to like have so it's like a little bit of knowledge and like user interface anyways i'm i'm, I'm rambling at this point yes so i think we'll should we take a quick detour away from taco for a second because there's a new rumble out on the socials and you know more about this than me and uh, we talked about this very quickly beforehand there's a, a new game is it is it bungee we're making this new thing they've announced yeah. something bungee. to be honest like do we even know that it's definitely an extraction shooter this is this is marathon yes this is marathon the game like do we know it's an extraction shooter or could it just be a battle royale i don't really know i've like i've incidentally seen people talking about it but i haven't watched anything on it you should watch when you get some free time uh watch marathon uh vidoc video documentary i think it might be on their uh website um okay i'm not sure but uh, i found it i found it on youtube because i you know i was like i heard about it and i was looking for it and whatever but uh they got like a you know like a little it's it's basically promotion but some of the bungee devs are you know talking about the game and you know i mean well let me start the beginning so they they Pushed out a uh, like a trailer, promotional trailer of sorts. It's all cinematics, and I really like the the art style um, of it. But I saw people were like talking about you know extraction shooter or, or, and whatnot, and so mm. you know it's kind of interesting. I mean, Bungie. I, I mean, I haven't really played. I think the last Bungie game I played was probably like Halo Three, and um, I mean that it feels like. A deck. I mean, I don't know if it's exactly a decade ago, but it's quite some time ago. And um, I mean, since then, I think the Halo they kind of stopped with the Halo franchise, and then the the three four three studio started making you know continuing the Halo franchise or whatever. But then Bungie went off and did Destiny, and that's been really successful for them. It looks like. I mean, they made Destiny two as well. Um, and now they're got this project in the works, which. Apparently, Marathon is a previous uh, Bungie game from the old team, you know, the early days. I'm just days. looking through the Wikipedia page because I was like trying to remember what games they've actually made. And it's like, yeah, Destiny Halo. But if you look further back, 1994, Marathon. Yeah. 
and Marathon 2 in 1995 and Marathon Infinity in 1996. Would you yeah. look at that? That's kind of interesting. So I guess what is this like a, I mean, it's super old. The, the old, the first Marathon looks like, there's a screenshot, it looks like original Doom. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's pretty much Doom. I watched I watched a retrospective on it and um, the they they were pretty innovative in in some aspects. Like I think you, I mean, back then games were just played so differently. But you could like in Doom, you're kind of locked to the uh, X axis, like left and right, like the horizontal plane. Like you can't look up and down. But a marathon, you could. Um, of course, I think back then it was all keyboard, and I, I want to say this was a Mac game exclusively as well. You know, you had to like use keyboard to like mm. not only move but also like turn your character and whatnot. Um, there, I think there was some other, you know, maybe more like technical things that that was innovative for the time. But nonetheless, um, the I, I didn't get too much into the story, but it has to do with like AI and AI degradation, like them going, you know, like kind of insane in Rogue, which is. You know, kind of cool, especially nowadays that we're. Yeah, it feels like it feels like it's a lot more relevant now. So, um, I think the world sounds pretty interesting. Like it, it kind of gives me shonen shonen vibes from Sys, uh, System Shock. If any of you listening are familiar with that series, um, I so I'm 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 like interested uh, to see what they got. I mean, I'm really holding my breath for some gameplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, you know, don't want to get too invested right now but i really dig the art style as well like it's 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 familiar but different like beautiful or like uh but also like abstract as well like it's very bold bright colors i i really like it um because it's not really cyberpunk it has a little bit of that flavor i think but it it feels like different enough to be standout and unique as well mm. it's I, how it's, interesting yeah you gotta i'd encourage you to watch the trailer check out the site just to look at the artwork but they're doing um an arg with it as well which is like augmented uh reality game, game. Yeah, yeah. yeah um and bungie's kind of you know They've done a lot of that in the past, and I think Doctor Lupo got something in the mail from them the day, like his wife said, uh, there was a man with a mustache and all black in that top hat with that gave me this package and it had like the marathon logo because the marathon logo is uh, a, a, something you see in um, Halo. It's like the the a circle with like a ring around it, sort of, but the bottom part of the ring is like thicker than the top part of the ring and it's like it, I, you know I'm doing a bit like I'm not doing it just as describing it but nonetheless it's like they've like put that into the uh, Halo franchise as like kind of like easter eggy but it's it's also one of those things that you sort of like see everywhere as someone was describing like you know you show like a bunch of Halo like there was <laughs> he showed one where it's like the Warthog and you're like zoomed into the pixels of it and then there's like a little tiny outline and it fades into symbol it's kind of like a meme like i guess it's you know you, you sort of go insane you see the symbol everywhere but what's the what's the relevance in halo like is it just is it's, it just all over the place for no reason or 
it's just something that they incorporated uh, as like an Easter egg. It doesn't really have any, you know what I mean? It's like a Crash Bandicoot being in a uh, uh, Nathan. What's that? What's that video game? Nathan Drake. Who? Uh, they're you know what I'm talking about the the newer Naughty Dog um, games with the uh, protagonist, and it's like a almost like Laura Croft, but it's just a dude. You don't know what I'm talking. Yeah, but... Anyways, Uncharted. Uncharted, thank you. Yep. Uh, it's like having Crash Bandicoot plushie inside of there. Right. I think I think it's something okay. like that. Oh, because, okay, I think I'm being stupid here, because presumably that was the logo in the old marathon or something. So they've like... Yes. Yeah, okay, that so it's a... not a new thing. Yeah, of course, because like it existed before. Okay, fine, that, that makes sense. I was just like, why would they just have a random logo in there? Like, that's like the most ultimate <laughs> long game foreshadowing of all time, rather than just being like, oh no, this series existed previously, which I conveniently forgot that we... Oh, I just looked up like two seconds ago. I was just like, what? <laughs> but yeah, no, made, that makes sense now. Yep. So um, I don't know. I'm pretty, I'm pretty interested in, in, in the exec, the, I think the game lead designer um, worked on some of the older games, like all the Halos and Myth, which I'm not really familiar with. So he's got, he's got a lot of experience and some of that, like, I don't know. I, me personally, I've played a little bit of Destiny, and it's not really my cup of tea. I probably, probably just didn't give it enough time. But I played like thirty minutes of it, and I was just like, mm-hmm. my, you know, my friend was just like begging me to play, and I played, it and I was just like, yeah, this. I'm sorry, man. I'm not really interested because it just it for me it was a little too PVE focused. Like these like heavy PVE games, like even Path of Exile, I just get really bored really quickly. Um, but in, in some cases, you know, I can, I can have some, uh, you know, I can get invested, but it's just, I'm, I'm, I think it's just a time thing. You just gotta sink a bit more time into, you know, give it a fair shake up. But anyways, that's definitely like a looter shooter game, right? So, you know, they, the way they, they were describing some of these things, it sounds very Tarkov-y, like they want to. Keep that, uh, I say Tarkov extraction shooter, but they want to keep that intense, you know, that range of emotions. Uh, you have your highs and the lows. Um, they want to make it feel like every run matters. And, you know, this, like, you know, you could just take out these artifacts, but, you know, you, the, there's like, you hear gunshots in the building. And it's like, and, you know, there's another artifact in the areas. So it's like, dang, you know, I kind of want to do that. So uh, it's, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, Definitely. If someone wants to go and do PvP, even though they've already got some loot, they could just extract. Yeah, it's the same. to PvP. It's the same <laughs> thing, but they, I mean, they did, you know, there's a lot of PvP talk, so I don't, I don't know how, you know, where we're going to sl- slide on the spectrum, but not, nonetheless, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely, uh, the, the one thing I did want to say is, since we're talking about Bungie, uh, shout out to Oni. Uh, that game, dude. I played this old Bungie game. Came out right when Halo came out, and which is unfortunate because Halo was immensely more popular. But I loved Oni. That game was so much fun. What even? I don't know anything about it. Is it like a it's, shooter? Or? Yeah, it's like a third-person <laughs> shooter, and you have like, but you have like fighting combat and combos, and you play as like this. It's like very cyberpunky, Ghost in the Shell <laughs> type of stuff. You play as this. I think I don't know if she's a uh, cyborg or just a chick or genetically modified, whatever. But 
uh yeah it's just it's just a really fun cool game and it's got a very cool atmosphere and nice you know. it's interesting that you mentioned that about games in general but also thinking about the extraction shooters because you think about tarkov like tarkov not very pve heavy like it it it's like it can be. there is pve and right. it can be but it isn't really right the, the e bit is not like the scavs once you know how to deal with them they're not that bad like the, the biggest e sections are bosses and maybe like rogues and like raiders on labs or whatever but like this there's probably a lot more pvp in in tarkov and i wonder whether this has got something to do with these other battle royale or not battle royales but extraction shooters like having I don't know, just a different feel to them or something. Like the cycle, like I just couldn't put my finger on why it wasn't as exciting. But again, in that game, it's just like that's very PvE heavy to try and get the progression, to get the materials, to go and get the next set of gear and blah, blah, blah. And it's kind of the same in DMZ, right? It's just like you've got the, the big heavy boys who like, you know, they're guarding the, the big loot and all of that stuff. Like it's, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one. DMZ was like heavy PvE, but I still had fun playing DMZ, honestly. It just, the uh um the f- the funny part is like the, the for me it was like the looting slash survival elements like because you left with like cash i mean you could leave with, like an extra gun on your backpack and one in your secondary that you got but like yeah. you could only store so many guns unless you bought the upgraded version i mean it, it it really wasn't about that it was more about you did your quests you got a bunch of cash and exp and you leveled up your account Mm-hmm. Um, which funny enough, skins. yeah, which funny enough is kind of like, you know, maybe kind of what we were talking about last week where, you know, it's like, oh, I killed the guy. I can't even take all his loot. I'm so heavy now. It's like, well, and DMZ, you just take their cash and, and leave. It weighs nothing like, you know, PVP, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? <laughs> but, uh, obviously it's not for everyone. So, um, yeah, it's just yeah. interesting comparing these. So we'll see what this is like. If they've got a P- more, that's the only thing I was thinking is that if this one, if this uh, marathon has like a much more PvP focus, then it could be closer to Tarkov than some of the others, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it, it might not have any um, PVE elements. I'm not. I mean, well, again, we'll, we'll have to see. But I'm I'm intrigued um, simply because it's. I don't think it's the same. Uh, I've, well, I, I shouldn't say that, but uh, I'm intrigued, nonetheless. And um, yeah, and it's a relatively well-respected, you know, studio, and they've yeah. been able to see five of these things do different takes and see how they work. I feel, yeah. you know, I feel like you know maybe they could go for something more niche. Like uh, there was um, a couple of posts on Twitter, and I was musing about this again this week, just being that. So it seems a lot of the issues with the extraction genre is that like these other bigger companies that are like huge they take the genre and they're like right how can we appeal to as many players as possible with this and it's like that ends up just diluting the whole thing so that it ends up not really appealing to anyone <laughs> it seems yeah i mean the i think i think like with survival games like rust or daisy i think the big turnoff is you know you could spend hours like you know whatever 40 hours of progression and then it just all gets deleted right and i think for a lot of people that's a big turnoff um whereas extraction shooter kind of you know uh, solves a lot of that in a way um but it's still 
it's kind of a middle ground and like you said i i don't know that i think i think i feel like dmz like yeah it's an extraction shooter but it's just like it's really like pve in parentheses plus pvp you know it's just like it's it's so heavy on that pve side yeah if it lent a bit more into the pvp angle and like it was a i don't know maybe if it was even faster i'm not sure like whether that would have been good or not for them i don't, I don't know just it's difficult to yeah get the balance right on these things it's really really tough i mean i enjoyed dmz for sure but yeah, yeah again it's like as a solo it was like next to impossible and because yeah. so, yeah. so much ai and <clears throat> it's just tough i don't know we'll see we'll see yeah it's just like it's different it's like what we said before about yeah daisy and rust where it's like you reset kind of to zero every time but then in in tarkov each successful raid kind of you go up the ladder right. and you step 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 and eventually you reach the top and it's kind of a fundamental problem with the longevity of these games which is why the wipes are required because mm. you need some mechanism to reset yourself right down to the bottom and daisy and rust have those mechanisms because <laughs> everything can get blown up right because it's all yeah. persistent in the, in the universe and that's the, right it's natural it just happens as part of the way the game works but it makes it kind of more brutal whereas in tarkov i, I do remember when because i don't know much about rust really i mean you know, i've seen enough stuff incidentally to kind of like figure it out and seen enough of the stupid videos of like people doing ridiculous things to kind of know what's possible but never actually played the game myself outside of like three hours that i don't remember playing with my IRL <laughs> friends and someone like dragged me into it like 10 years ago or whatever um but yeah it's just interesting because when i saw a, a thread of people comparing the two people were just like you know talk fun and doesn't demand as much of your time as rust like you don't have to be on 24 7 like you basically have to play rust as a job and, like people complain about tarkov having to play it as a job right to do the grind or whatever but rust sounds even worse in many ways like i, I think i kind of underestimated when i first saw it it's like now nah, you really have to know life that thing <laughs> yeah i mean it it really depends i mean it basically it will your your it's it's optional in the sense how much time you want to invest into it you know what i mean so if you're like if you're really try hard and like sweaty then yeah you're you're gonna it is to maintain that you do want you do want to be on 24 7 you know um mm -hmm. but that that's where like i think the casual like yeah you can play casually but you know i think i think you have to get on like probably on vanilla at least once a day just to like maintain your your base you gotta, you gotta have enough like resources inside your base that way it won't decay um right I don't I don't know what the number is, but uh, nonetheless, I, I think like that's what turns off the casual. It's like, oh, I I built a base and then I log on tomorrow and like someone flame raided my wooden base and, you know, I lost everything. Well, why, I played two hours yesterday. Everything's gone. I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? I think yeah, I guess that's yeah, it's a bit like Tarkov in many ways. right? And like the way that I have played the game for a long time now, which is I play like little short bursts, like a couple of times a week kind of thing. It's like if you play hard at the beginning of the wipe um and get to the you know reasonable level of progression then like you know like i don't play off stream really just because i feel like i should be playing on stream and then i'm like well i'm when i'm off stream i would really rather be doing uh working on stuff instead so that then i can do other things and so i'm like basically played like three three and a half hour chunk and that's enough right once you've got to a certain level of progression and you kind of know what you're doing right you experience as well you can just play for like that that amount of time like 10 hours and it's fine like you can just you can participate in the the top level right whereas in rust that sounds like it probably wouldn't be possible you know if you were just going to play every other day for three hours i don't know whether you'd be able to you know you definitely wouldn't be able to keep up and it's because of that thing of retaining your progression and you've got your safe hideout and your trade levels whatever that you fall back on so just different yeah it's just different and there's different mechanisms and that's why wipes are necessary uh, uh, yeah
Yeah, the, the one final thing I'll say is uh, I think the cycle almost copied some of the Tarkov ideas a bit too close to the T, and but it, it's like diluted, making it uh, maybe diluted. Yeah, yeah. You know, making it less, you know, simplified. And, and I don't I don't really know if it appeals to that many people because I, I don't know. It's hard. To, it's hard to say, but uh, I am I'm hoping that Marathon will be, you know, more of a standout game, not a half measure. So I feel like with, you know, DMZ, it was maybe we or the community did a little too much hyping about it being like a full bone Tarkov clone. Um, in the idea of like it's you know game design but uh i'm hoping we get something that's unique but is still like true to the idea of a distraction shooter you know keeping that for me that's what it's all about is like when i go in you know i have some type of objective and like i'm constantly like juggling oh i want to i i need to get like i i need this other thing too but like i'm i'm scared because I don't want to lose this thing I already got. Like that's that's mm-hmm. what it's. I want that range of intensity. You know that that's what keeps it interesting for me. So as long as that's there, then uh, I think I'm good. We'll just have to see yeah. about some of the other details. Yeah, exactly. We we will see. Like now that you've kind of you bit you're finished with the cycle, right? You you haven't picked that up again for a little. Pretty day. well, much. Yeah. Yeah, because like now that there's no wipes on that game, like that game suffers from the same problem as Darkov, right? And yeah, I know I you said know. we changed some of the systems, but like, is it just? I, I've seen some things popping up on Reddit. I don't know why they've been... I guess it's because of the boards that I visit occasionally on there. But I'm not on Reddit very much, but I've seen things popping up on the cycle board. People being like, the dev space has just disappeared. Like, there's now no updates. Like, the player base is disappearing. Like, is this it? Is the game... Like, is this it? They've said, like, no more wipes and that. Like, that's that. Seems, it seems a bit odd. Yeah, I mean, I, my guess is they're going to do events constantly to fill that gap. But I just... I don't know. I did the the game's all right. It's just it, it's just not that all that compelling to me personally. You know whether that's like a just a combination of things. I guess you know. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, jumping back to uh, some Tarkov stuff. We got tons and tons of. Tarkov's dead. Fix it now with this YouTube video. Check it out. Smash the bell. Hit the button. <laughs> no. Pestily came out with a video. Um, and yeah, you got you got some of the notes here. I'll let you take it away here. Sure, yeah. So I watched his video. He did something about changes to Tarkov. It's it's a mixture of stuff that he'd already asked for that had been put in mm-hmm. and things that he had asked for that had been said no to, as well as other outstanding things that he thought would be good that I don't think had been decided either which way. So it was kind of a mixed bag of stuff, which was kind of fun. Um, but I wrote down just kind of like each line because he kind of just split them up into into each sort of suggestion. And um, we'll just start at the beginning and just go through and just like discuss each one, I think, because it's just it's interesting to hear Pesty's perspective because like they listened to him more than anybody else obviously and they did actually implement quite a bunch of the stuff that he asked for because it's just like i know like one line things that don't really affect anything else which is much more palatable than like trying to change the whole the whole structure of you know the universe around dft so the first one was the labs cards on the flea which he suggested and also the loot buff on labs now i don't know whether labs got a loot buff but that's what he suggested 
Right. The labs cards did go back on the flea to allow labs mains to just go and, and play there the whole time. I do remember seeing a tweet out, I think it was Trey, who posted just being like, oh, everybody's so scared to play labs. Oh, you know, because the, the labs cards came back on the flea. They went like well below the therapist price. So therapist is like 180K, something like that. And they were down at like 160, 150, something like that. But now when you look, they're about 220,000 rubles, which makes complete sense, right? Because basically people didn't want to sell labs cards. Like nobody wanted to sell labs cards to therapist for 60,000 rubles or whatever the price was. I think we looked it up last time and I've already forgotten. Whatever the low price is, right? Everyone's thinking, well, for 60K, like maybe I'll go eventually. Well, I'll just hold on to it. Then the, the, the ability to sell them's come through. Everyone's got this huge glut of stored up labs cards who's not necessarily going to go to the map. And they're like, well, for 150K, like then I'll definitely sell it. So all of these things have appeared on the flea and driven the price down. It's a little bit like when they release a, a prize for the event, you know, some gift for whatever event and everybody gets the same thing and the price gets driven down for a day or two because everyone's trying to sell it and there's not enough buyers. Some people end up you know, getting involved and uh, they pick up a lot of stuff real, real cheap and then it goes back. And so now we're into sort of the equilibrium mode of labs yeah. cards back to 220,000 or something like that. Now that all of that glut of supply has disappeared and then the price has kind of recovered to where, you know, People are finding them now on bosses or on scavs, and now they're going onto the flea. So right. I just thought it was like a really interesting, like just market thing. It's just like it always yeah. happens. That way. It's like we had the there was a demand for it, and we had the supply, but there was market restrictions <laughs> enforced. You know, yeah. And then all of a sudden, those restrictions got lifted, and the market just got flooded with all these cards. I mean, it is it is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was that. He said, yeah, so that already happened, um, which I think, like, it's fine. As, as I said, it's just like an unrelated change. Mm-hmm. You know, it just allows people to go to labs more often if they want to, rather than having to either pay through the nose for the barter or to just, like, stock up with therapists, which is an uninteresting mechanic, just having to sit there and just buy two cards every time. It's just annoying. Um, the second one was the marked room, like, an- another locked rooms buff, which seems to have happened in the marked room. I know that last time we said that Airwing hadn't seen anything. Like, I'm not a mark- big marked room guy. I don't even have a key for it. The key's gone through the roof because everyone wanted to check it out. So I think they're really expensive. And like, yeah, I, I don't have one. But I saw there was, um, Felion did a bunch of stuff and there was like four guns each time inside the Mark II. It does seem to have happened. And Pesley said, oh, it's, you know, definitely been buffed in there. I don't know if Kibber and Ultramed have been buffed as well, but it does seem to be some better loot within these locked rooms, which I think is definitely necessary. Again, like people always complain, they go, oh, but you know, cheaters now, I know, but yeah, RMT and all, all of this stuff. But at some point, you have to you have to accept that you know, you've got to you got to do other measures for that rather than in-game things because mm-hmm. it just makes the half of the game's mechanics pointless, right? Yeah, you can take it too far. Um, then there was the so the point three was interesting because he said that he posed this question kind of on behalf of everybody who was asking, which was open the flea market to all items and find a raid only for quests, which was a hard no from BSG. Which I thought to myself, like, well, obviously, when he said that, because it's just like, yeah, opening the fleet to all items causes like a million problems, right? So that you can't, you can't just say like, quest only, open the fleet to all items. Like, it doesn't. That's not how this works. It needs to be a bit more nuanced than that. Uh, uh, you know, re my video, or at least something along those lines, right? You need to, you need to think a bit more broadly, right? You can't just be like, open it all out. Um, it's we we've been there before, and it doesn't make sense. So I'm not surprised they said no to that one in particular. Um, but I mean, I know a lot of people are asking about it. Like, it's actually very interesting because I've responded to a lot of people on my video and there's been lots of various different comments and suggestions about lots mm-hmm. of different things, which has been fascinating. 
And what's kind of almost most interesting is that generally speaking, there's sort of two types of players res responding. People being like, why do we need to incentivize PvP? You know, I don't right. necessarily want to get into PvP. I'm like looting and questing and the game's fine. And the other side of people who are like, you know, PvP sucks and it's really bad and it needs to be fixed. There's a very distinct difference between these two types of players, which is kind of interesting. But then even across like the broad spectrum of everybody, you get like the full range of responses from everything needs to be unlocked and that will solve the game through to delete all the all the traders and the fleet and this will fix the game and it's like the full the full spectrum like complete yeah. open market and like go completely to the hardcore it's like the it's like the whole you know you have people on both sides saying that this is the way to fix the game and everybody thinks that it's that the what that their way is you know the right way and that's the way the game should be played or whatever i just find it quite interesting like i just had a discussion with somebody like literally yesterday because they keep popping up my phone and i can't help myself especially when people are just like oh you know you we just need to release the flea. And I'm just like, yeah, well, that's going to break the early game. And then they were just like, why is everyone so obsessed about the early game? You know, like the, the early game sucks. Like all the gunfights are awful. You have to use really terrible guns. Like the late game is when it's really fun. And I was just like, well, the player base disagrees with you because <laughs> you just look at the stats, right? Everyone plays in the early wife and then, and then everybody leaves. So I just think the player base disagrees. And he's just like, well, that's because, you know, the, the early wipe, um, oh, what was it exactly he said? He said like the early wipe, isn't more fun it's just that there's like there's things at stake there's stuff to do you know in the late game there's nothing to do and pvp is not rewarding i'm just like yeah you said that you said the early wipe's not more fun but and then proceeded to list off a whole bunch of things as to why the early wipe is more fun <laughs> like that's the that's the right. reason everyone I thinks mean, it's, it's more fun man like i don't know it's just it's weird yeah i mean i because i i know a couple of those people too who like just all they want to do is get the you know, the really good guns and just fight that way. Like they don't like any of the early game. And I mean, for me, you know, I'm, I, I think it's a preference thing. Um, of course. But, um, and seven, like my, my buddy sevens, uh, you, you remember, um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Brillo. He, he told me that once and I was just like, what you, that's, you like that? Okay. Okay, I get that's when it gets boring for me. But there's like a at, as you said, there's kind of like just this weird conundrum where it's like, oh, PvP is not rewarding. We need to make it better um, because that's the only thing at the late game. And then you know, but like early game's great too, right? You know, because things are at stake and that's what makes it great. Uh, but we need to buff. We need to make the late game better. Like we need to make PvP matter. It's just like I'd, I'd rather like make the. Uh, keep try to keep that those stakes throughout the entire game like yeah stage of the game that's the way yeah. i see it but yeah I, I agree so anyway so dsg obviously said no to opening the flea to all items like we've got to the place that we're in now because of yeah keeping those stakes right like st having stuff be banned i feel like we're slowly getting there you know it's like i always use the alt in now as my reference point so i'm saying well if you find an alt in or you find somebody with an alt in you're probably going to take that over anything else. I actually had a situation like this yesterday. So we played Factory as our final raid. We were kind of like eye clued in because we were doing like full PvP. We actually did like a pretty good job yesterday. It was kind of cool. Um, like played a bit of labs. It was, it was fun. Like we killed a billion raiders. It was, it was awesome. So we went to Factory for like the last bit because I didn't have much time. We weren't interested as uh, I just like had a Tegilla rig and one of the face covers. I was just like, I'd probably rather have a face covering on factory than I'm actually more worried about my face than I am about my stomach. Like if somebody just magnum buckshots me, then I'm like, whatever. But it's just annoying to get, you know, nine by 18, you know, 
P-double-M-3 through the left eye socket. It's like, no, that's like so, so bad. So anyway, so we, we cosplayed as Tegilla and went on and um, ran into like the one of the little bunker areas, you know, over by gate zero and like came around the corner into like a squad of three people and literally just like deleted three people instantly with a meta mutant. And I was like, oh, this is pretty fun. Reloaded, ran around the next corner, freaking Tegilla. So like I'm there and it was like the Spider-Man gif, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> um, he fired at me. I fired at him. Like neither of us killed each other, actually, amazingly. And like he didn't chase me because he was like so busted up. And then I came back and killed him. But what was interesting is one of the three had a Tequila mask himself. So he had a Tequila mask on the floor. Tequila mask had a, the Tequila had a Tequila mask and I had a Tequila mask, but I hadn't brought a bag in. And the biggest bag that was there, I, I'm not even sure if there was any was there any bag at all i don't think there were any bags like there was just like no i could just couldn't see any bags whatsoever anywhere and um i was just like man like the most important thing here actually is these tequila masks because you just you can't you can't buy anything like that now like they're they're kind of like a baby altin right they're like not as good as the altin because yeah. they don't have two separate like face bits whatever but you can't buy like visible class five for your head which is not possible like I kind of sure. like anything I can purchase, it's just getting just getting ditched, right? So like yeah. I insurance forwarded my my own face visor randomly somewhere and then took the other two. And someone else was like, I ended up leaving his rig because it was completely zeroed from when I shot it. And I, I was like, Oh no, you should take the rig as well, like insurance forward your own. And I was like, firstly, I don't really want to be wandering around in factory with literally no armor on for a start. Secondly, I can buy something with equivalent performance to the Tegilla rig. Like I can get the TTSK. Like it's not it's not the same, it's not quite as good. But I could, you know, technically buy a slick or whatever. Like, there's things I can buy that are sort of equivalent. It's like, you know, say they deleted the HK416 on the game. It's just like, would I be compelled to take that gun? Mm, probably still no, because, like, I can make the M4. It's, like, close enough. Like, it's not, not that big a deal. Whereas, like, I can't buy Class 5 visible. Like, I can mm. get the masker. It's got the really thin slits, like, impossible to see. I can get the LZS HZ 2DTM. Class 4 on all, but, like, I can't buy the Alton, can't buy the Reese T, can't buy the Tequila masks. Like, these things are, like, gold dust. So I ended up leaving Raid, like, ditching everything else and min-maxing everything so that I could insurance fraud my own visor, wear one visor, and carry one visor in, like, a two-by-two a two by two rig pouch and left with two of them and got my, my third one back in insurance. And that's, that's where we need to be going, right, with the game, I think, is those items where it's just like, oh, I can't buy it, this is insane. How do I, how do I, get, how do I take these out? Like, this is a, you know... An amazing thing. And I do think we're slowly getting there with like a combination of like Lee bands and like traders not having certain items. I think it's that's like the beginning of this. I think it's good. Yeah, it's interesting because you're essentially saying, and I think you make a good a good point or a good case, it's it's essentially invaluable because you can't it's impossible to buy any class four sorry, class five helmets. You can't get anything uh yeah it's just impossible so those those Mask items those items are effectively invaluable right like there there's just no real price you could put it at i guess you could put it at the price that the you can sell it to the vendor for but um yeah that's interesting because then then it's sort of like uh you know it, it it's but that's like hard because if you make, like, you can't make everything invaluable. So I don't know. I yeah. don't know how you how you balance that because you know if prior if it was like if it was selling for like two hundred k on the flea, um, let's say that's what four slots. So that's um, 
what 50k a slot so that's pretty that's you know very valuable but mm-hmm. it still has a value associated with it you know so if you did yeah. find something that was more valuable and that was the least valuable thing then you would swap it out so it's 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 tough because yeah once you change it to cash you just can liquidate anything into cash and then buy the stuff that you really value you know like i yeah. can take 10 circuit boards and buy 10 salewas you know so it's it's tough yeah it's it's a tough thing to uh, anyways i was uh, yeah. before we get too uh <laughs> out in the weeds let me jump back yeah. so that yeah, we, was... can, we can run like that afterwards that was number three so i was open all the items open the fleet to all the items and finding a way for quest items only which is like a small unsubtle like unniched, unnuanced fragment of like the suggestions mm-hmm. I made, and BSG said no. So then Pesley put a few other suggestions through. One of them he said, remove Oculus for this wipe, which was his own personal suggestion <laughs> until it had been tested more. Yeah. They said no, obviously. Right, so like, yeah, I'm, I'm I feel like that's now would probably be silly. Like that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, we just got to deal with it. Like now, technically, we've got all of the maps like optimized, so like, we'll see. Um, they're going to work on it over time. Um, the fifth one was interesting. He said he he thinks that BSG should consolidate each map into one time only and have the maps staggered so that there's always some maps on day, some maps on night, but that each map should only have one time. And he seemed to be mostly concerned about the player base and what happens if the player or when the player base drops in the game. And also about like I think part of this is because of his like OCE lens, yeah, because you know, he's coming for, from the Australia server angle where they right. get hit hard by like certain limitations or whatever. Like they've got quieter servers. He was talking about um, another similar thing actually as well, which is point six, which we may as well just bring into this, which is about increasing the ping limit because people who are in like South Africa and like himself, obviously in Australia, or whatever, it's like it's very difficult because of where you are in the world. There's only like one Africa server, not many people playing Tarkov. It's not a very popular country for for the game, and so. Apparently, the, the guys in SA can literally play like 10 raids and like not see anybody, that kind of thing. Um, and because of the ping limit, they used to be able to play like Western Europe or Southern Europe at least, and, but now they can't. Um, and so they're just like stuck on their own servers. So, like, it's, it's all it, those two points together are kind of concerns about, yeah, like how many people are actually playing the game, like whether we need to consolidate into one time zone. I don't know. I'm not sure whether it's necessary right now, but like, again, you know, I, I sit in EU West, so it's hard for me to say that right when like there's always people playing and stuff so i don't know like maybe we defer to to what he thinks for you know to the global the global good um i just i don't know how i feel about having to be like choose a map because i don't want to play night i'm not sure because it's interesting he'd wait like the way he described it to me my interpretation was like i mean and, and he's not wrong it makes sense right if you have one time like, let's say you move the second time for all the maps, right? Then you have one time, well, you just, like, double the amount of players that can queue together, you know? Whereas now you split them. Theoretically, they have two choices. So, like, theoretically, you split it 50-50. I mean, it's not really like that, but... um, So, I mean, that, that in itself is interesting to sort of, like, facilitate having faster queue times, more people matchmaking, you know? Um. But like the for me the more interesting thing is the gameplay implications because you would you know like I think what he was saying is you maybe they could stagger it at first to sort of like slowly you know it's like boiling the frog concept it's like we're gonna stagger it where 
you know, Shoreline's twelve, uh, Customs is is uh, sixteen hundred, uh, Woods is like twenty four hundred or whatever, you know. But for me, it'd be more interesting if it was like the whole world was like congruent to reality, you know. Or it's like it's dusk here, it's dusk everywhere else on this side of the planet. You know what I mean? Like, because uh, that would that would mean you would have to, you know, it's like you would be forced to do the thing and potentially it kind of like it's like taking those steps to open world. It's like, Oh, I need to like have a solution for when it's going to turn night, you know? So that's like on my mind. It's like, I need to go find a flashlight or I need to go find NVGs or, you know, whatever, you know, that sort of idea. Yeah. I, I just, I'm not sure how I would like for me personally, I really don't like playing night. Yeah, I just think it sucks, and that's just my personal. Uh, yeah, it's not my friends. <laughs> and if like I was, if it was just, if I was just like forced to play night, you have another third option, which is to not play. And True. I feel like I may end up taking that option more often than not because I just, I just don't really enjoy it very much. So I'm just like, man, I'll just like wait it out and play day or whatever. Like, and like it can, it can be okay. It can be kind of interesting. Like, it's fine. I did one tournament like ages ago, back when I had more free time, and it was like three hours. And you played like we played customs only, and you just had to play one side. So it was like it, it was like right side time, I think, to make sure everyone was queuing in the same thing. Uh, the implication of that was that it was like day, day, dusk, dusk, night, night, then back through to the day again. And we actually played through like a full twenty four hour like Tarkov cycle. Which is kind of interesting. It's so like the bits in the middle were that you had to use MVGs, and then you're like trying to judge whether you needed them or not for each different raid. It was kind of okay. Like I, I could probably let's put it this way: I could probably get used to it. I'm spoiled right now, just able to choose day every time. But I just, for me, I just don't like the fact that you can't really see at night very well without using the MVGs. Um, and then when you've got them on, it's just like you look away from the game, and everything's just like green. And it's like, <laughs> I just, I don't know. It's, uh, it's okay. But I prefer, I prefer to play in the day. I just prefer the way it looks. I like the, yeah. the brightness of it, and I like the gameplay more, like looking for people um, rather than being just like jump scared in the dark by randos. It's just not my style. Yeah, no, I think there's probably a very small percentage that like playing at night, but I think this, mm. the the point of night is not it is to be a, a con. You know what I mean? It's like it it is to be more restrictive, more penalizing. You know, it's like. I don't like being starving. It's like, yes, most people probably don't like being starving, but you have that system in, so that way you have to like manage that, you know. So it, yeah, it's, there is that. It's it's something they they could they could lean into, but I, you know, I definitely like. I feel like it'd be nice if you could see because Daisy actually you played Daisy recently. They mm. ha- you have like a little bit of light around you. It's, it's yeah. the, I, you know, I don't want to describe it, but it, it I mean, it's kind of true in kind of true in not in pitchback situations, but it's kind of true in, in real life. Right. Your eyes sort of like adapt to the darkness. I mean, they, they, they could they can maybe do some in things. Anyways, it's it's an interesting idea for gameplay reasons. It's my yeah. take on it. OK. Um, so yeah, ping limit thing right. I was talking about, and then um, and then yeah, Bessie was saying dog tag value up to one k per player, and not for teammates. So we've got the first sec, the, well, the second section in. So teammates now dog tags don't don't do anything. We talked about that before. But increasing the dog tag value to one k per player, I think that's a triple. Does he mean like the level of the player? 
Or yeah, does he mean like you if you kill three players, you get an additional three K for every dog tag you took out? It's I don't like think so. I think it just said like dog tag value for like one K per level per player, okay. I think I okay. think was the idea. Because right now each level is multiplied by three hundred and seventy eight. So dog yeah, tags would be about three times the value. Yeah. Um so a level a level fifty, yeah, so level fifty would now be fifty K. Right now it's only, you know, seventeen thousand or something. I mean, that's Which would be kind of cool. Good. That's pretty good. I killed a level 70 the other day. I feel like I deserve 70,000 rubles. Okay. Yeah. Rather I mean, than it's... whatever it is now. And the current Takarov Eco here, that's not a lot. I mean, it's a lot, but the only thing you that they, you know, you got to be a little bit eerie of is the, uh, you might indirectly buff dog tag cases or sick cases and people yeah. go around you know, killing players and then they have a bunch of tags in there that, you know, it could be potentially very valuable. I, I think that's think okay. I don't think it'd be anything game-breaking necessarily. And I freaking knight with all the tags on there. I'm just like, proper bounty hunter playstyle. I think that's fine. Like, in the context of what we were talking about before about, like, PvP not really having much incentive, like, that would it would certainly help. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think they should buff it. Or just what's going to be like they got to be careful, right? You know, that's, that's all I'm saying. Because, like, in extreme case, if they buffed it to like you know 10k per level, you killed a level 70 player, you have like 700k in your dog tag case in your container. You know, it's like that. That's a lot of rubles for, you know, that that's secured for killing one guy. You don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you're thinking about like you know it has to be finding raid or something to have the value. I'm just. I'm just, whatever. Whatever they do is what what they do for the sleep. I'm just saying they get, they, you know, there's, there's a little bit of a worry for me that the meta will be, uh, you bring in a dog tag case or a sick case because dog tags are super valuable and you can instantly guarantee that, that money once you kill them and put it into your, your container. Yeah. You know I mean, I mean even, like a, even without that, like I moved over to the sick case anyway to get dog tags because I couldn't fit them all in my secure already so i already yeah, moved from docs to sick to grab those because they're useful for barters and i just like yeah. collecting them actually it's like it's, a lot of people don't even sell them honestly which is quite funny people just tend to hoard, like i hoard them for some reason i should probably sell them all but it's like sometimes they're useful for stuff and they use them, like sometimes they're good end of wipe and kind of like need to have like you know, it's just like trophies in some ways i use them for quest turn-ins typically i'll just hoard them all yeah i don't, like, pay attention to the levels and then yeah, I tend to hold them all, and then like, and then maybe I use them for assassins later. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so so that was that one, which I think is interesting, and I agree. Um, increased XP for player kills. Yeah, I mean, sounds good to me. And then increased XP for boss kills. Now, apparently, that one is already in. I didn't realize this. People were getting like nutty amounts of XP for stuff. There was actually um, some chat in my Discord actually of. Um, one of the guys who's sad who like ran into the goons, and I think like I um, probably can't find it off the top of my. Oh yeah, there we go. Twenty two thousand three hundred XP <laughs> for survive on customs, because I think it was customs. Actually, maybe not. I, don't know. I, th- I think it was customs. And um, that, yeah, because he killed all three of the goons. Um, and then I played when my labs raid that I played the other day. I did kill like twelve raiders or something in one player, and I came up with like twelve k, which was pretty pretty cool. So I think that's that's fine to have like bosses and players give more XP because. Like, it's pretty stingy, you know? Like, it's what I've talked about a little bit about, like, the only meta way to getting XP is questing. 
Because it gives you so much, you know, like for quests, you get 20,000 XP, like trying to replicate that in raid is really hard. You yeah. know, I'd have to do two of those sick labs raids that I did the other day, which is really few and far between. And most raids net you somewhere between two and 4,000 XP. So you have to do like five raids to get like the same amount as like a good quest. Um, it's, uh, it's interesting. So I think that's okay, personally. Um, number 10, bring back events. Well, they've started to do that, so that's fine. And then apparently this one's already come in too. The queue time used to be five seconds back in the day. They increased it to 20 because of players spawning in late. And it was giving people a time to join that 20 second queue timer before it ends. So like, you know, you join it, it's 13 seconds or whatever. It's like allows people to join in before the raid started. But now they've got everybody loading in before. There was no need for it. So that they wanted that change to five. I think they changed it to 10. Now the game starts in 10 seconds rather than 20. So every raid, everyone gets, gets 10 seconds back, which, you know, adds up over time. Like if it's, if it's not necessary anymore because they changed the system, then great. So that was basically what, um, what Pestley's ones were. It's kind of like a, you know, sort of mishmash list of like different things, some stuff that's in, some stuff that's not, some stuff that he suggested that they did do, some stuff that people have suggested that they, they haven't done. It's interesting. Yeah, I mean, overall, except for the Fountain Raid <laughs> suggestions, very like, you know, dressings changing, you know what I mean? Like, in, instead of, like, fundamentally changing the salad or just, like, changing honey mustard versus ranch dressing uh, vinaigrette, so, um, yeah, which is fine. You're painting the house different colors, you're not rearranging the inside. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, yeah. that's, that's what, I mean, that's kind of the interesting argument about everyone's ideas on how to fix Tarkov, is a lot of these are fundamental changes. In some way, yeah. Um, which is like, I think is a really fun, you know, because it's 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 not just like you're changing one little thing here. Um, you know, it's like you just the complete. It's like a new game almost, and that can be really fun to uh, you know, to to craft some of that stuff. And it, you know, you may think, oh, I cracked the code. You know what I mean? It's 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 yeah. It'd be yeah. cool if we could all. Be it, you know, Tarkov could just trial our ideas one by one. It'd be, it'd be neat. It'd be fun. Yeah. There was actually, like, just before we move on to the next part, there's like a, a new kind of, I don't want to say copy pasta, but like ideas <laughs> get out into kind of like the streamer sphere. Yeah. And then people think, like, damn, that's a good idea. So, like, a bunch of people have been playing DayZ right now. Mm. And off the back of that, a couple of people have been saying, like, can you imagine if Tarkov had, custom servers you know like modded servers yeah. or whatever where, like you could like community <laughs> servers with, which are administered by the community whatever so you basically have like the pros and obviously the cons that come right, with having right. a server-based model like there are cons to it somebody administers that server and they, people get into disputes about getting banned unfairly or all right. this kind of stuff plus like you fracture the player base across like multiple different instances of the game right um which is kind of one of the issues with the sort of daisy rust model i guess you know, Daisy's yeah. like notorious face. We talked about this last time. It's just like all different mods on all different ones. It's like if you can't get into your server because it's full, then like, well, you're just out of luck. Like it's just there's, there's issues that come along with having that model rather than yeah. the Tarkov, the purity of everybody just plays like main branch Tarkov and that's it. Like everyone's right. in one game. So there are advantages, but yeah, the, the ability to trial, like you basically get the advantages of the trials of SPT into a game mode where people could like play together. I think mm -hmm. that's what people are seeing kind of as maybe the positive, right? It's like there was, um, this is another completely random one, but there was a, I can't remember the channel name now. 
Tarkin, I think it is Tarkin on YouTube. Oh, yeah, I think I've seen this, yeah. And it was like how variable optics really should work. And they have like the voodoo, and they oh, just yeah. have got the variable scroll, and the little <laughs> the little lever just goes like this, and there's like the variable zoom. Like you've seen like random videos of this pop up every now and then where people either Photoshop something or like they mod it in SPT and, and then like put a video out about yeah, some system or mechanic. Like so there was a quality of life one, which is crazy, which had like gr- group drop dragging of items and like all sorts of stuff. Everyone was like, whoa, mind blown. So that was the latest one of those. Um, I mean, I just stand by my previous comments about it that I think that they're missing a trick by not letting that community in at all. I think there are ways that you can direct the efforts of people who are willing to help in a way that will overall assist the development process, even if they're a bit scared about it and they don't want to lose control or whatever. Like, I understand that there's there's concerns, but the, I think there's ways to get people to help, especially with things that they've clearly struggled with implementing things like the you know scope rework and all of this stuff right they've, they've had problems getting that to function correctly and i'm sure there's things that people could do to help them out so there's a, a middle ground i think but anyway they're, they're probably not gonna they're probably not gonna do that um i'm not sure how i ended up tangenting onto that oh yes because of the community service thing that yeah. was why community service so there's that's been repeated a couple of times around the community now i've seen like a it pop up in a few places people being like community service community service community service is gonna be great like there's absolutely no chance that they're ever gonna do that i don't think, highly unlikely opinion. yeah given same. what they said last time right like we're gonna start like going after people put, like who right. that's just like no way there's no way man like but i do agree chief... that it would help iterate on the beta testing in mm. the purest sense in a more I don't know, just a, a better way, right? Rather than like having everything go through ETS, let's say, if it even does, and if it even does in a way that's constructive, and then go to the base game and then have the feedback. Like to have a hundred different people running a hundred different modded versions of EFT, I mean, it's more chaotic for yeah. sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, but I mean, the, the one pro is you do have a lot of choice in your preference, you know, which is. I mean, you know, sometimes too much choice is kind of an issue of its own, like like you said. But having the choice is also really nice as well. Yeah, so it's like on DayZ, right? You can pick like vanilla server or vanilla plus, or you can yep. pick one with like super PvP orientated. You can pick one with traders. You can pick like all these different things. You know, some of them like don't even have stamina. Like everyone, they yeah. just like removed stamina completely, so you can just run forever. And it's yeah. like, well, the game is a very big running game, so I can kind of understand that. But I just don't think that's ever going to happen. Even though I can yeah. see benefits that would happen from that from a testing right. perspective but these people, people are talking about it literally from like a we want to play the game in a different way and we're going to mod it ourselves and play a different version right which is a, i don't think that's going to happen so we're not going to get the benefits from from it and mm. that's just that's just that all right let's move on to the next video yeah yes the next one is jesse kazam did a video i don't remember the title uh, unless you got it here, I'll pull it up. I think up. it was PvP is broken or something. Yeah, something. Um, something. You open the video lines. with like PvP is broken, but it doesn't have to be, which is yeah. the, the opening yeah, line yeah, yeah. of the video. But I can't remember if that was the actual name. That is the title as well. It is the name. Okay, good, good memory. And Jesse's video is actually kind of interesting because it's split into two sections. Mm-hmm. The mechanics of PvP at the beginning, well, I say at the beginning, but it is like most of the video is the mechanics of PvP. And then the end is like the incentives to PvP. So most of it is not about like the systems of PvP and how they relate to the rest of the game. That's kind of just a bit in the latter part. The first section, the mechanics of PvP, is all about, 
a lot of stuff that we've kind of talked about before, so I guess it'll be relatively quick to skim through. But he's, the points that he was making was about aim punch, um, about how it just makes it feel... Like, a lot of the points that he's making are about feeling out of control in fights, winning fights that you should lose, and losing fights that you should win, and players not feeling empowered to be in control of the engagements and you know, right. trust their skills or instincts or whatever. And like the aim punch thing, it's just like, well, both players just have all this blur. No one can see each other and then one person dies kind of thing. Yeah. Um, he thought they should remove it a lot or reduce it a lot on the aim punch side. My take personally on it would be like to tone down the blur a lot. You can probably keep the punch. Like if you get aim punched, you can maybe respond to the punch, but you can't yeah. respond to the punch when you can't see. Yeah. And it's the blur that I take most offense to, I think, within the context of that like discussion of feeling in control of PvP and being able to respond. And like, you know, if you're really good, then maybe you can take the aim punch and you can you know, spin it back and you can fight against it and, and still win the fight and target the guy. But yeah, when it's like just all blurry, it's just a complete crapshoot. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I was trying to think of an example because I think the, the fundamental problem here is player agency. You just feel like you have no say in the matter. Uh, like mm -hmm. there isn't really a good counterplay. It's just you, you just kind of hope for the best and shoot because it's so blurry. It's it's very, I think, very extreme aim punch. Um, I was thinking I, would, I wish I had a 40 series card because I could do like a... a uh, 240 fps recording oh. native and, and then watch it back in slow motion you know and then like a 60 frame uh playthrough because i'd be curious how because if you ever done frame by frame aim punching it's like sometimes it's like two to three frames and it's like one frame you're on target next frame you're like looking at the forklift 179 degrees <laughs> next to you it's like it's really intense but uh anyways um so yeah, I think I think because I don't really I can't really think of anything else in Tarkov that's like takes away that player agency. Like you know, um, maybe like I guess like weapon jams, but you could argue like, uh, you know, just repair your weapon. I mean, yeah. with like, I guess you could maybe argue with aim punch. Just don't get shot, bro. Lol. But <laughs> I just, but like you're gonna get shot. I would say those are probably the two things because like you're gonna shoot your gun, you're gonna get shot. So you you just kind of. You know, you feel like you don't have a say in the matter, right? Whereas, like, you know, a scav, like, yelling at me, shooting at me, you know, I feel like I have some say in the matter. Like, I chose to walk there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's potential. So I think that's the issue. And I looked up, because Jesse suggested, like, they need to be, like, heavily reduced or, need, or like, he would be okay with it being removed. I think he said something along those lines. And I, I looked it up. Uh, some aim punch in other games, CSGO, Valorant, and Apex, I think were like the main ones I looked up. And theirs is a lot less, dude, like a lot less. And it's interesting because there's kind of different design philosophies in each. Like in Valorant, you only get aim punch when you get shot in the head. doesn't mm. matter if you're wearing armor or not. And it's very little. It's just like, I don't even know, like, I don't know, maybe like five... A quarter of an inch, I don't know, a couple centimeters. I really don't. It's very, very minimal. And in CSGO, if you get shot in the body or uh, it's uh, like the upper torso, you get aim punched. In the head, you get severely aim punched. Like it's very drastic. And if you're wearing body armor, it's reduced by 95%. Wow. 
so it's like extreme but it's it's still uh enough just to like like and the head because the head is so extreme with no armor mm. um it's still enough to like mess up your your crosshair placement or your aim if you will does it actually kick your viewpoint or something yes. or does it um it does okay it doesn't just like bloom your your cursor no it's you all it, your it's just your viewpoint i'm pretty sure about that i mean i can't say for certain but i'm pretty sure yeah i can't remember i feel i feel like maybe i've no it's just one of those things where like you you're not looking at it it's just like hard to tell if you're just playing the game you're not thinking about it from like a design perspective it's hard to know it, it okay could, yeah it could be and then for apex similar thing idea is like if you don't have armor because Apex is a very like resource uh, war of attrition game where like you just both shoot at each other and you both heal yourself using your shields and whatnot. Um, but if your shield gets broken and you get hit with no armor, the aim punch is a, is really noticeable compared to like with armor. It's like pretty minimal, um, which makes sense. Is like because in Apex design, like I said, it's a war of attrition. You that guy's armor, you break his armor. It's like you you want to take advantage of that. And try to kill him, and he's at a disadvantage because he's getting uh, more aim punch applied to him. So yeah. I think it's I think for me, um, aim punch in general is probably a like a good mechanic. You could go the like uh, Quake. I looked up Quake, and it doesn't have aim punch, but it's a very fundamentally different game, right? It's like it Quake's a lot more. It was interesting because we talked about it not too long ago, but Quake's a lot more uh movement mechanically yeah. based and like knowledge based like it's it's very because i was watching a video and some like top player was like a lot of people are like hyper focusing on precision and aim labs and like that's in his opinion that's not what you should be focusing on you be focused on your movement and and like consistency mm. and and whatnot but uh anywho there's a lot of different ways you could do it and i think the way bsg done it is like probably hyper realistic and i want to say i know i'm rambling i'm sorry i want to say is czto in the chat probably not it's pretty early but uh i want to say he was earlier because he did a video on aim punch i haven't looked at it yeah, he uh, was recently and i want to because i i want to say if you get shot with armor you get aim punch but it's not as bad but like it has to absorb it like it has to block right. the bullet but I'm not sure if that's fact or not, but I have to ask. Because I remember mm. talking to him about it some time ago. So anyways, I think they could maybe do something similar where it's like, I'm not sure about the blur thing. I'm leaning towards just remove it, but maybe they could lessen everything and then have it where, <sighs> I don't know. Because like part of me would say like upper torso, you just... The aim punch is minimal. Like headshot, like fine. You should just get like giga aim punch. Like I think that's fine. But like because your arms are hitboxes and they're always like in the way, it means like and you're practically never wearing body armor. So like you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's a it's a tough one. But overall, I would say we need to make it a little feel better for the player. I think is the solution. Uh yeah, I, I think so. It also, yeah, it does depend kind of where you stand from a design philosophy wise. Like, right, the more aim punch there is, the more you swing the advantage to the guy who sees exactly. and shoots first. So exactly. it's like an aggressor slash hold angle kind of 
campy kind of mentality where like you get an advantage there for like surprising somebody so it's like it's it's also you know it's not necessarily like good bad better worse sure strictly speaking like there's also that angle to it as well but then the problem that we're talking about is yeah fine that's okay in like a one-sided scenario and that's their design philosophy sure they just want they want to give the player the advantage to surprise the other player but then you have those situations where both players see each other and they're both shooting and then it just becomes like the more aim points you add, the just the more random that event ends up being when you're both there. No one's surprised. Everyone's shooting. Everyone's got aim punch. Everyone's blurred. It just is bad, right? It's, that's just worse for everyone. Um, it makes it more random. Like, I guess it favors... Whether it favors a lower skill player, probably, because it makes the fight more random. It's more, you're more likely to... It brings the outcome from like 80-20 to maybe like 70-30 or whatever. Like the the highest skill player is still going to aim probably in the more likely in the, in the right area but if it's just like rat if it's more random between the two of you they're more likely to hit a headshot just randomly than you are to like be able to aim your shots with within the blur something along those lines but it still feels kind of bad for everyone so yeah i just like the blur for me is the worst part um the punch i'm not yeah. as bothered about if you can adjust but the blur is bad like yeah when you go through it like frame by frame there are some like random frames where it's just like unblurred and then reblurred again i think it's like as you get hit it's yeah. just not a graduation. It's just that like you go from like nothing to just like full blurriness and then back to nothing and then full blurriness. Um, although, as you said, it's, that's like on 60 hertz, right? So right. Like, it's hard to know if there's a graduation. Although I was playing in 60 before, so like it literally looked like that because I was recording my actual screen in 60. So like mm. it looked like that to me, right? Going from full blur, full blur, no blur, full blur, full blur, no blur because my monitor wasn't able to keep up with my GPU. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so it'd be interesting now to know if it feels better with this. I mean, I, I don't say it feels any better to play it at 165. Well, you would, you would ha- you have to record at. Um, to look at it, hi- yeah, to look at it. But I'm saying from a player's perspective, like I was playing in 60 and now yeah, I'm playing I, it up yeah. to technically 165. It doesn't feel better. So I would be surprised if it's anything other than the way it was before. Yeah. I don't know if you'd be able to notice it, if, especially if it was no, gran- no granularity. With it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so then the next one was like blunt and collateral damage, which really like instead of blunt and collateral, it's really about the collateral double hit thing and fragmentation. That was really what this section was about. It was about sometimes you fire and you hit somebody with 45 damage with a BT bullet or 42 damage with a B2 bullet. Sometimes you shoot someone with BT for 42 damage. It goes through the arm. It goes out the other side. It goes back into the same arm again for another 42 damage. But that fragmented. And he actually said in there the one and a half times thing because he's, I don't think he's necessarily been keeping up with like the, the minutiae of like me and CZTL <laughs> and all the other guys just going completely nuts. So, but I, I, I don't know what BT's multiplier is, but it's almost every bullet is higher than one and a half now for some inexplicable reason. So, you know, it's, what's, what's the multiplier? Well, or? it's just not, it's not a one and a half for fragmentation anymore. Um, it's oh, it's not something else. Then oh, okay. it seems it randomly seems to be higher. Like the the typical, it seems to be somewhere between one point six and one point nine, some, something like that, depending on the bullet. So you could conceivably have, say, it's a one point eight. I wonder BT. if it rolls. I don't, I don't know, it like doesn't seem to. It seems consistent. Oh, it is freaking. It's a real mess. So you could, in theory, though, take seventy five damage plus forty. You could take one hundred and seventeen damage to your arm. Yeah, you've got the seventy percent like decrease or whatever. So you've got to roll in there as well. But 117 damage to your arm raw when you're expecting to take 42. And it's like with, with M80 or M61, it's like super egregious, right? Because yeah. you deal like 80 damage with M80 and it goes through and it hits again. It does 160 raw. Like it's a huge amount of damage. Yeah. It's like one reason why I think M61 is so busted because you shoot through and you hit someone's arm, you black that out, it goes straight through into their chest and can also deal full damage to their chest as well. 
Like it's it's completely insane right now. And the point with the Jesse was making is sometimes you take 42 damage, sometimes you just like die in two hits to like random things. It's like way too inconsistent. He basically said remove fragmentation, which I'm actually a fan of now. It's just it's complicated, it's overcomplicated, it doesn't add anything except just like variance to the game. And the right. game's already got too much variance, right? There's enough variance there. Like, it, you're not going to make the game more interesting by having fragmentation. Like, you've already got the armor rolls for penetration and stuff. Um, and the, just the fact that, like, you have to shoot and hit body parts. Like, I just don't feel that, like, more randomness is, is good. And there just, like, seems to be more bugs with this stuff over time. Like, the double hit thing and the fragmentation's changed and no one knows why. And it's just, like, impossible to unpick. So now we don't know whether the PvP systems are good or not or which bits are fault. It's, like... It's really hard to then even just give feedback as a, as a tester, which was supposed to be testing this game, and um, it just seems super inconsistent. And it like degrades some of the game's core mechanics around like buy better stuff, you'll do better. Because there's, there's a clip in there which I actually analysed from um, from Jesse, which I got him to send to me at one point, which was him getting shot in the arm with the SR2M, and he dies with a slick on in like three shots. Like, yeah, maybe maybe it's decent as well, but with all of this, with all the systems, you just can't tell. Like, he literally turns the corner with a slick. And he gets shot like three times in the arm. And or I think he gets shot like two or three times. And then in the end screen, it's just like collapse four, collapse four, collapse four. And he's just like instantly, he got, got insta killed in like the left arm with an SR2M with PE bullets or something or PS or whatever. Like it's just, yeah, I don't know. It just undermines like why you grind, why you play to get better stuff. If you just sometimes you die in eight bullets and sometimes you die in two, it's like, well, it's, it's random. And yeah, I mean, kind of fuck. Would it be better if the ranges were, if the gaps are closed? Like, what if it was, like, seven and six? Would that be better? Yeah, I think, I think so. I think so. And it's all, but it's, it should be dependent upon, like, where you hit, you know? Headshot, yeah, well, fine, well, that's great. it is now, yeah. right? Uh, kind of, but, like, you can hit the arm and not get double, the double pen bug thing. So it depends on where you shoot on the arm. You see what I mean? It's, like, it's really inconsistent. And sometimes you get a frag, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you might get a frag on both, I think. I'm not if sure I, if you can get two, but... If I understand this correctly, to get the most damage possible, you hit the, the forearm, and then you hit the bicep with the same bullets, and on the bicep, it explodes in fragments, getting a crit. Is that correct? I think so. Well, and, and you might even be able to go into chest, like go arm, arm two, chest, fragment, maybe. I mean, it doesn't fragment yeah. on chest now, but I'd like, it, you get what I mean, right? Like, there's, yeah, there's fragment on the second section. Um which just ends up causing like huge amounts of damage. And with, yeah, with an M80, you end up dealing then like, and I don't know what the M80 multiplier is either. Mm -hmm. That's also probably busted. So that if, but if that's, you know, 1.7, say, then you're dealing like 216 raw. It's like most of a PMC's health in one hit to the arm. 216 raw. That's going two arms fragment. Yeah. With M80. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I just was like, I don't, it's, you know, I'm being a little uh, devil's advocate here. Because, like, I mean, there's, it's kind of this, in my opinion, it's kind of the same uh, thing where it's, like, design, philosophy, or, like, you know, uh, uh, preference. Because you could, um, you know, you could make the case, like, they shot in the arm, they got the lucky crits, you know, it's, like, it kind of adds... It's a, it's, it's the kind of what we talked about when I talk about Marvel Snap. It's um that sort of input randomness versus like output randomness. Like input randomness, you played a card and it's random what it does, you know. Um, and where it's output randomness, like you do an event and a random outcome occurs off that event. Uh, 
I, I think I think I got something like that. And um I can't remember which, but one 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 feels worse. One reduces player agency. The other one's like uh I, I don't know, it's just kind of um I forget. I have to go watch the video again. <laughs> I think the point with this though that it's just like I feel like it's too finicky. It's like if I shoot you dead on in the arm, like but off center, mm-hmm. it'll do it. If I shoot you there, it won't. If I shoot you there, it won't. Like it, there's no skill involved. It just happens randomly. And yeah, you can't. You don't, nobody chooses to ta- to make the double hit right, that happen. Right. Nobody chooses rounds based upon fragmentation anymore. Anymore, but I mean, I, I just I wonder if that's like. Because I could see a path where you actively choose a round of high fragmentation, and it's like you, done. you you lean into the you know the crit aspect, the RNG aspect. You know, it's like I I can't afford the more consistent round, but I want to go with the more you know crit round. That I mean, it's it's, but I think I think maybe the problem here is the range is too wide, the gaps are too big. Like you could take. 40 damage or you can take 140 damage it's, yeah it's like, pretty, like before it's pretty before big. it was fine without the double arm hit thing and with just fragmentation being one and a half yeah that was acceptable you're going to take 42 or you're going to take 65 like that's okay but now you can take 42 or yeah 142 is too much or like m80 is like 80 or like you know some stupid number mm-hmm. whereas before it would be like 80 or 120 that's all right and then sometimes there's a break point there where you know, you'd shoot someone in the chest and they would, you'd get a f- the fragment and you'd kill them like one in five. Yeah. You know, yeah. With, with like uh, B- with like LPS or um, right. T46. Like, okay, you choose the lower round, but it's got the higher fragment. If they've got class four and you might want to have them. That won't happen with the good bullet. Like there's a thing that that's, that's kind of okay. That feels better. But like, I feel like the old system, the way that we, un- the way that the technical player base understood the old system, mm-hmm. it actually worked and felt fine. But something happened to fragmentation, and then something happened to collateral damage on limbs. Now it feels crap because the range is too wide. It's just too variable. So now it feels like no matter what armor you're wearing, sometimes right. you just die to the arm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely doesn't. Yeah, I can I see how that now feels good. Yeah, yeah. So the other stuff I probably have to whiz through these ones. The yeah. other stuff was about pre-painting, about why pre-painting is stupid, which I agree, and about why adrenaline system instead would be good, which is arguable um about how you get shot and you have like your stamina gets partly refilled and you have three seconds of like painkiller i guess and like a bit more stamina so you can like run to cover and then you have to apply an actual painkiller afterwards um paint applying painkiller before does nothing um the only issue i actually commented on this video and i said like the issue that i've always i've always liked that idea but i've never been able to really square the circle of stopping teams from shooting each other getting pain and then applying golden star prematurely to then get the effect for a future fight to be able to cheese the mechanic to pre-pain you know what i mean because if you're, oh, saying, you're like, saying you can only golden star you know, well you can golden star before randomly but it won't do anything unless you have a pain active oh i missed that detail so, okay so so the way that it would then work if it was a duo is you shoot somebody in the leg they get the pain effect. They then use the golden star and you know fix the fracture or whatever. Like you try not to black out their limb, but then they then you're both pre-pained. Right, you have the ability right. to pre-pain yourselves yeah. between the two of you. Now I did have an idea finally to fix this, which was that each and but it's not immersive, right? It's like I don't know. It's sort of like some of these things like they're like they, they're mm. gameplay fixes, but they don't necessarily. Right. Like they're not necessarily like unrealistic. Like it is unrealistic, but like it's unrealistic anyway. So who cares? But like it's not. 
doesn't necessarily make sense, but hear me out. Maybe then each pain effect is like its own, it's like a bleed. So you bandage up a bleed and then you get another one, you have to bandage that bleed up, right? So it's like each pain would be its own effect. So you have to use a painkiller each time you get a new piece of pain, right? So your teammate shoots you, you use the painkiller, but then the next time you get shot and it inflicts pain again, you then have to, you get adrenaline a second time and then you have to reapply painkiller again on that pain. Right? Each pain is its own okay. like, separate instance. That's the only way that I've been able to make it work. Otherwise, you can cheese it with squads and pre-pain yourself. I just can't see how it would. And it's easy, it would be easy to do, which is the issue. It'd be easy to cheese. Solos would just have to just, you know, suffer and just get. And it'd just be, and it'd just be a stupid mechanic. Everyone having to go yeah. into raid and shoot each other in the leg and everyone yeah. pre-pains. Like, it's just so dumb, right? It doesn't, it's, it's the worst outcome. So you have to fix that somehow, which I think this might do, but I don't know if it would feel good. I'm not sure. I would say I played Tarkov SP and there's an adrenaline mod in there, which works exactly like you get shot and then it applies. It might be like a couple seconds. It applies painkillers for like, mm -hmm. I don't know, a couple seconds as well. And uh, it feels really good because then you don't have to like pre-pain. But as you're saying, people may always want to pre-pain, which, you know, could make sense. But I playing that plus the realism mod that kind of like cranks everything up to 11 there's like a million debuffs associated with everything you do it's like oh you want to hit your arm sorry you got uh you got an infectious virus now for using that bandage you know it's just like it cranks everything up to nine so you're uh you're kind of disincentivized to i think i think that could be a, uh, another instead of like doing this like pain can only pre can only pre-paint when in pain mechanic do the adrenaline thing because i think that makes sense and works and then also just make using painkillers punishing like it's something like you don't want to do like i don't want to take oxycontin unless i have to doctor it's kind of the the philosophy yeah that'd be the way an addiction maybe we'll do that so yeah. we'll see um the other couple of ones were inertia uh which is basically like we're talking about taking player agency away his point mainly was on the acceleration if you're heavy it feels fine but decelerating feels really bad when you take your finger off the key and I, I guess the point of that, the fundamental point is you hold down W and your character then speeds up. That's feel, right. That feels okay because you're holding natural, the thing. Yeah. When you let go of the key and you're just like, you don't know when it's like, <laughs> you've let go, it's like, is it just, you're just on ice. Yeah, um, it's like, yeah, you're just waiting for the game to slow you down. Like, yeah. I feel like that would maybe be okay, but, and then you talked about the circle strafe, but it's inconsistent there because you can just avoid it with circle strafing. So it should be tuned low when you're heavy. I can't, yeah, I, I kind of get it. Um, I'm not, I don't really have strong feelings about it. Like inertia doesn't bother me all that much. If I'm really that fussed and I'm in a fight, I throw my bag on the floor. So it mm. doesn't. I'm not that bothered. And like, yeah, it feels a bit weird sometimes. And maybe it could be improved, but I don't really die on the inertia hill. It's not one that I really fight for that strongly. Yeah, I just I think they I think there's a fundamental issue um, where you can't. I think the circle strafe is an exploit of the system because the system is. Uh, built on two axes i'm not positive yeah. but it's, uh, what it I, feels yeah and i think the issue is like in other games like in counter-strike source you could uh or csgo even you know you can let go of w and then you'll still like ice skatey but then you can hold s to like you know have that negative force apply to it and mm. if you hold it too long then you're going to start moving backwards which is not what you want to do so it's like this you know i think at that way you have that same feeling when you hold W, even though you're not really, you know, each increment yeah. of you holding the W is not more 
horsepower. It's all the same 100%. But you fill that build up, and then you could also have the same effect when you hit S to slow down, so you fill that deceleration in your head. Does that certainly like, not happen at the moment in EFT? Does it make any yeah, difference? I've never it tested it. It doesn't, make it doesn't any, do anything. It doesn't. Okay. I'm pretty paused. Like, you have to... You have to reach a neutral point, and then it will start doing it. There. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Yes, you're right about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then the last bit was just about recall. He didn't say anything specific, but just mm -hmm. that it's all getting completely redesigned because at the minute it feels weird. We've talked at length about recall, right? Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll see what BSG wants to do with that. Like the the only final part of the video just before we kind of like finish up, I guess, is um, it was this incentives to PvP, like the weight system punishes you for doing well, which we talked about last time based on Landmark's comments, which I think is not necessarily a bad thing because right. it's putting like extra challenge for trying to go above and beyond in the game and doing the thing that you're supposed to be doing, which is like not necessarily a bad game design. And then also you can avoid the system with um, like, the weight system with money, Mule, Trimadol. Again, like mm -hmm. is that necessarily a problem to like spend money? It's a, you know important gameplay loop is the economy of the game and then you spend money to be able to avoid some of those mechanics like i'm not really sure um and then the rest of it was basically just like it's not worth taking the pvp loot we talked about this to death it's all about ruble per slot instead we've talked about this to death he wants to do another video on this which i'm interested to see um but, and yeah you can and the, the most important point for me about the whole thing was kind of alluding to what i was talking about previously with the together face shield and i actually think this is the key after talking about this and and um, doing the video and reading all the comments and responding to everybody and thinking it through from like multiple different types of players' perspective, like looters, uh, PvP guys, like casuals, like experienced hardcore players, players who are coming back to the game after playing three wipes but they haven't played for two wipes, is this point. You can, buy just, you can just buy anything that you find on any player. And that's the thing that kills PvP and makes PvP not feel rewarding, right? Like you never get that feeling of being new and going like, oh, I've never seen this gun or like, oh, I can't access this gun, this thing's sick. And more of those moments are good. It's like the together face thing. I'm just like, I can't buy these. These are invaluable to me. I know I want to use them in the future and I can't buy them. I think that's the, that's the key. And it all links in with this like trader and in-raid loot rebalance, right? You had more of those moments so that you've got like, you know, you've played the game for a while. You've got like a bunch of like random class fives, but you know, you've got like one, one, I don't know, tac tech and you've got a, a defender two and you've got something else, right? You've got this like, full selection of different things that you found in raid from different places and you're choosing which one to use based on which map to go based on what you've got in your stash and like the top tier attachments which you all found in raid like you know you've got an rk1 canted it was only in raid you've got an se5 that was only in raid like yeah you could use something else like maybe like a the shift or something else that's like non-meta that's on the traders be like right this is going to be the raid where i'm going to like you know buff out the gun with like the advanced tube and all the good stuff that i found rather than just go with something mediocre i feel like that's the key it's the ability, it's the fact that you can just buy everything that you find on the other person. You've got some max traders now. And I say everything, it's not always everything, because sometimes you have the Alton or the Tegilla mask thing. But for me, that, I think that's the critical point about a lot of this stuff. I do. Yeah. Yeah, I think the, the traders kind of... Because um, like even before uh, Fountain Raid, when we had Flea, it was still really exciting to get uh, Juiced Out M4 because it was worth so much like the mm. um in some ways the value was contingent off it being locked behind max level traders you know what i mean yeah i mean yes the parts are themselves are really good but because you can't get this it's more valuable like and that was kind of that was kind of the things that i missed is like i had the choices to sell that you know some of the parts of the m4 on the flea from killing that player 
But um, nonetheless, yeah, I, I agree. I think the traders. I I think there's just like some fundamental issue with like the traders and the economy as a whole. But uh, anyways. yeah, because you could even have those parts on the flea, right? You could have like the advanced tube on the flea and whatever. But and then it would make it exciting to find the person's gun. It doesn't necessarily like break it by having attachments because attachments are on the flea right now it's just you can't sell player gear i guess it's right. i guess it would allow you to bypass it though whether those things need to be flea banned or not i'm not i'm not sure but anyway i think that's something there's something in there that's the that's the crux of it i think yeah and it my experience yesterday has solidified that just like with the because i always use the alton example and then i had an actual example in raid where i was just like prioritizing the thing like i can always get the money i can transmogrify a million busted ak's right. Right. into any of these other items that's all getting junked. I don't care about these things, but these things I can't. I can't buy them, and I want to use them. I can't buy them, and I want to use them. They're so good. Um, that for me, I was just like, "This is it," and it made the raid feel sick. Like whenever I had a, yeah. a raid on factory that felt like that good with a meta mutant, when I've got like Tegilla rig on and stuff, like I was just like, "Man, I feel like I want to get out." And I was like, "I'm not going to take the second rig because, yeah, like I'm scared I'm going to die." With, yeah. these, with these three freaking face shields they're so important like i'm not yeah. going to take this other really good thing I'm, I'm that keen to like you know get out with the stuff i've got now because they're so invaluable anyway that, i think that's for me that's i feel like this is the nugget of truth in the in the center of the whole conversation topic and we keep, we keep dancing around it and even my video doesn't doesn't really touch on it enough like i in my mind i was thinking about it at the time but i sort of was like this is a separate thing about the traders and the loot rebalance I think there's more to it. I think there's more to it there. Yeah, there's definitely. I'm I'm working on a secondary document. <laughs> uh, it is a. Uh, we'll see how far I get with with this one. Um, but it's sort of like my me identifying what I think is like the fundamental issues. You know, like uh, like the weight system, for example, when they added it, it like fundamentally changed the game, in my opinion. Right. It it did, yeah um flea market same as well so that's kind of my what i'm working on is is that so we'll see how far we get i'd be interested that. to hear it yeah interested to hear your 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 outcome all right we shall wrap it up here thanks everyone for tuning in and we'll catch you all next week Ciao for now.